in five, four, three, two, one. Obi Trice, real name, no gimmicks. Who are you? He had a voice that could make a Wolverine purr. That's what I'm talking about, man. Wait a minute, I know you. I got the name tag. You're in my world now, Grandma. Yeah, I know that, dude. He's a modern-day Yoda. I'm your huckleberry. Allow myself to introduce myself. Greetings and salutations. We came, we saw, we kicked it out. You're excited. Feel these nipples. That boy's good. Mm-hmm. Good and terrible. Well, I have a microphone, and you don't. So you will listen to every damn word I have to say! This is the Mike Rutherford Show on the Big X. Sportos, motorheads, geek bloods, wasteoids, dweebies, they all adore him. They think he's a righteous dude. settle down all right welcome in everybody to the mike rutherford show it is thursday may 12th beautiful hot louisville kentucky we are here at the world famous big x studios famous because we have the charlie strong joker phillips autograph picture in the corner which remains our only piece of sports memorabilia here but that's the way we like it we got the big x banner rolled up we don't need no stinking anything else we got trevor kelsey here we got mike rutherford here and we're here with you until six o'clock we want to hear from you as well it's a, another perfect text line day. So text us on the Thornton's text line at 502-414-1450. And once you've done that, go ahead and download that Refreshing Rewards app from Thornton's. It's going to save you money at the pump every time you need to fill up and you've never needed to save more money at the pump than you do right now. Trevor Kelsey, smiling from ear to ear, and we've got big news on the other side of the glass. He's brought Arby's in. That in and of itself is not news because I think this is now 17 of 18 days where he's had Arby's on the show. But... Day two of the new streak. Day two of the new streak. Or is it three? No, day two, two, two. Doesn't matter. DiMaggio's is done. He's out of sight. Oh, I'm coming back for that 56. You're not getting him. But. I had a bad day. They tried to throw inside to me. Wouldn't give me but, a pitch to hit. But. <laughs> the order's been switched up. Yeah. Look, I think that's what we like to call in the business a curveball. So, the question here, because you're eating now a chicken sandwich. Why'd you have to spoil it? You had to I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, that, I, could, that could have been a good little uh, trivia for the tech. What, wow. what did Trevor get that wasn't roast beef? We can do that next week for the Bourbon Beyond contest. Yeah, well, that was my idea. Now it's up to you. Well, you, you jump the gun. I'm sorry. What do you want me to say? We're not doing it until next week. It's okay. Monday. They've got the meats. We can do it still. So the question is, did my little personal health scare kind of scare you into eating more healthy from Arby's? No. Was, <laughs> I mean, I knew the answer. You didn't have to answer seriously. I mean, <laughs> I, you're telling me the, the 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 fried chicken patty is healthier than the roast beef? I, I didn't realize it was fried. I was thinking it was like a grilled chicken sandwich. No, no. Okay. On, <laughs> Sorry. That's 30 cents extra. No, that, that's mean, on I, me. Actually, I actually haven't had a grilled chicken. I, I like grilled chicken. I've never had it from Arby's. I'm, I might need to try that. Hey, versatile menu. Most versatile menu in the game. But if establish that. But if you're not going with the roast beef, and normally I like the French dip as well, but it's a little messy for the radio in the studio. Uh, you you got to go chicken, bacon, Swiss. I mean, you, you got to, right? Other than the Cordon Bleu. Their Cordon Bleu is really good, too, because Cordon Bleus are awesome in general. Can I just say, I, I love how... I went with the bacon Swiss, though. 
I love how yesterday we established that uh, Troy Miles, our boss, who, by the way, was in here um, relaying his horror to me about when he filled in <laughs> a couple of days ago. And the first the Did, first thing that he sees on the text line is asking people asking you to talk about the porn on your Xbox. And he's Troy's like, no, I'm out. That, that's not me. But I love how yesterday you kind of put out there that, Tro- that Troy's not thrilled with how much we're talking about Arby's since they don't actually sponsor the show. No. <laughs> and we quite literally like lead with Arby's here three minutes in, but it's a big story. You've changed up the order. <laughs> it is a big story. Uh, it's, uh, it's, you know, I, I got to keep you on your toes. You do. You so know, I applaud I, that. I know Troy, Troy did the, like what a segment with me and I already saw you first thing today and he just gave you a hug and was like, I'm sorry to, uh, uh, he's just, he's just, he wouldn't let go. It was, it, was, it was we had to get him off you real quick before the show started. Let's uh, <laughs> the other big piece of news in the Mike Rutherford show world is so you'll have to you know this better than I do is the the full NFL schedules are being released tonight, right? Yeah, I'm sadly I have it. I've set the DVR just in case I don't get home in time. Uh, but I believe it's at seven o'clock. Okay, so this always happens seven on on schedule reveal day. They they have the you know, they're releasing the full thing, but invariably stuff starts leaking early in the day. They actually started a draft when they, they announced like a few primetime games because of their connection with this Amazon thing now. Okay. So they announced a few. Yeah, they come out slow. They start at draft day and kind of leak out a little bit by bit. But one of the games that has been leaked. Yeah. Week one. Yeah. We knew our two teams were playing this yeah, season. Yeah, that's the thing. We all know but who you're playing. You just don't know the weeks. Yeah. Week one. Week right one. off the bat. It's in Detroit, too. We got Lions-Eagles. Ooh. I smell Rutherford Show road trip. I'm down. You've never been to a Lions game, right? I've been to a Lions game never in Detroit. Which is Cincinnati? Yeah. Okay. And Matt Stafford, when he, it was his rookie season and he got hurt. And quite literally, we didn't know what was happening because Mary wanted to take a picture at Paul Brown Stadium. And so in the picture of us, I, like the Lions franchise quarterback is down with the medical staff around him uh, in the background. Uh, and it ended up like he, he was out for the season after that game. We also missed the only Lions touchdown because we got to the game late. <laughs> they were up 7 nothing, and we lost like 24-7. to seven. Did you get to the game late? A long story. I was not happy about it. We had, it, we had, you were we had an angry ride to the game, I'll say that. It was a rough Lions experience. But so no, The way home wasn't too pleasant either. It I was mean, fine. We, uh, you have a few drinks, you're fine. Okay. Um, the Lions win? No, they, I just said they lost 24-7. Oh, we missed the only touchdown. Oh. <laughs> um, but that's the only Lions game that I've been to in person. Oh, yeah, you need to get to a game. I've never been to Ford Field. I had, I had been, I've been to Pontiac. I went to Pontiac back in 93. Uh, I watched uh, the Lions beat the Seahawks 30-10. to Rick Myers starting for the Seahawks. Mel Gray, the great Mel Gray. The guy who doesn't get enough credit when they talk about, Devin Hester's so awesome. Yeah, Mel Gray, he, Hold my beer. Well, so, okay, okay. okay. We, you, Had two kick returns for cool. touchdowns. The Mel Gray story is great. Hey, you should respect let's, that. Uh, let's focus on the, the task at hand, okay. which is our two teams are playing in week one. Yep. I'll be perfectly honest. This is a perfect setup for me. It's not great for you because the Eagles are going to come into the season with much higher expectations than the Lions. Do you not remember beating you 44-10 to 10 last year? I remember. Okay. But that's, like, that's the standard. If you guys beat us week one— it means nothing to you. Like, well, the, we may be good. Who knows? We just beat the Lions. If you lose, though, sky's falling for you. It's parade time for me. <laughs> I've got nothing to lose and everything to gain here. You're on the other side of the spectrum. This is a perfect scenario for me to start NFL season. That is that is a viable, plausible, and reasonable <laughs> storyline. Good, Jackie. <laughs> but here's the thing. I don't fear losing. I have no doubt in my mind this is we're going to start one enough one enough. The only problem I have with this game I feel pretty good about this statement, considering you guaranteed before the start of last football season that we were gonna beat UK and UK beat us, I think seventy seven to two. 
Yeah, but in this case, the Lions are Louisville. Uh, <laughs> You're still guaranteeing it. Here's the thing: like this is I'm, my, my biggest concern with you being week one is that it's going to be like last year where we played the, like the low, lonely Falcons and we blew them out and we thought we were going to be better than we were, even though we did finish nine and eight. We're going to destroy the Lions in week one, and I hope it's just not doesn't give me false hope that we're better, really better than we are. Yeah, destroying the Lions. Oh, we're gonna. We're, I mean, it's gonna. Be we bad. don't lose bad to anybody but the Eagles last year. We were competitive oh, down the stretch. Destroyed you last year. Well, wait till you see what happens this year. I think we just. I think we had like three guys run for over hundred. Just yards. wait, Lions Eagles. That build up is going to be like I know we'll play UCF in football that week. You, you were Saturday, the, but the side story that week is going to be Lions Eagles. You were the game that we signed Jordan Howard off of our practice squad and ran for like 180 yards and two touchdowns on you. Erroneous. <laughs> on all counts. We hadn't won a game in the Matt Campbell era, Dan Campbell era before that. So We were 2-5 and five at that point. Well, we were 0-7. What do you want me to say? <laughs> don't wanna, you don't want to play that game with me, you're going to lose. Well, you're going to be 0-1 after you play us this year. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, I can't wait. We're going to go to Detroit. Maybe we'll swing over to Canada. <laughs> okay. Last time I when I went to that Lions game, by the way, I went to it because my mom, God love her, she used to like have this loved like doing the to take cans to recycling bin for cash because okay, you know we we were lower lower middle class area, and her her idea was I want to take my son on a vacation. I gotta like, have a reason for it. So she she's gonna cl- do the Seinfeld thing. So she, I kid you not. No, we had a trunk full of bottles. No, because of the dis- the extra the three cents more in yes, Michigan. Yes, and she was she was like, we'll just go up there and we can go see a Lions game. And we ended up seeing a part of a um, a uh, Red Wings game as well. Like I told you, it's like the only NHL game I ever went to. I got to see like half of it for free because. We'd got the, the Detroit Hall of Fame is in the basement of Joe Louis Arena, and they let us go down there to visit it. And we were down there so long the game started, and we just happened to be in Joe Louis Arena. Nice. So we actually got snuck into a Maple Leafs and Red Wings game uh, inadvertently. But yeah, that's why we went to Detroit. Was to my mom was like, "We're going to take you to a Lions game." I'm excited. I'm like, "Get to see Barry Sanders. Get to see an NFL game." I believe it was my first NFL game ever, actually. Uh, and went up there, and he was all. In the backdrop of we're going to take all these bottles and cans and pay for the tickets that way. Did it work? I can't remember how much we got from the cans and bottles. Was it worth the trip? I mean, I just remember. Did the extra money make up for the gas? I just remember driving in that 86 Camry and the entire back seat and trunk was full of just nothing but like bags of cans and bottles and and junk. That's incredible. (laughs) It was a fun trip. I had a good time. Sector says, Mike, have you figured out how to pronounce Matt Sefkovic's name yet? L- last name yet. Who's I'm just that? guessing. It's the guy who writes baseball for Car Chronicle, who's awesome. I love oh, him. Oh, okay. <laughs> and we always bring him up, and we nobody knows. I've never heard his name pronounced. <laughs> have so you not they, talked to him? No. I mean, I've talked to him. I, I've never like been like, hey, man, how's, how do you pronounce your last name? I probably should. I mean, at this point. I'm guessing you... it's Sefkovic or Sefkovic. I mean, are you just like afraid to ask at this point? Because I don't know why, since you're calling it out on the radio. He's probably listening. He just needs to let me know. <laughs> because it wasn't just him. The, the state of Louisville guys who do a podcast with him. They have a baseball podcast with him. When they were in here filling it, filling in one day when you were gone, like they didn't know either. They were like, Matt, do you know, like, how do you pronounce his last name, Mike? I was like, great question. Have you ever thought about using a stage name like Smith? Matty uh, Sev. Sev. As, as I say that, he's just retweeting our tweet for the show, <laughs> which I used the the gif that was sent in of you clapping with yeah, the, the audience. I'm a little. I'm a it's little, so good. I, it is. I'm a little surprised you pulled out pulled the trigger on that one so quickly. 
Like the world, I thought, the world needs to see. I thought you might save that one for like in your back pocket for a, for another day. Well, it's May. I mean, granted, what do you want me to do? Uh, odds are, it probably won't be the first time you use it as a show picture, though. Yeah, I mean, it's it, this is a it's a gift for all seasons. <laughs> it, and I wish there was some music behind it so you could see how in rhythm I was. You weren't you completely. Everyone's seen the video. They can see the video for themselves. They know how off rhythm you were. Ah, uh, you people are deaf. Um, did you watch any? Well, first of all, you you were all it was AEW night last night. Oh, good AEW too. You were excited about it. You sent me the card as if it meant anything to me, and yeah. I was like, no. All I know is this Danhausen guy freaks me out. Dan, Dan, he, I was amazed. He, I thought he was gonna. Re- I didn't think he would wrestle because Danhausen just like destroyed had his like all both his knees completely replaced in the last couple of years, so his career's kind of limited. So he has to be more of a gimmicky guy. Yeah, he was he was just attacked and beaten very quickly. It was mostly a setup for Hook. Uh, to get over against Tony Nese. But of course, of course. The, uh, but great match, man. Uh, Dax versus Cole was an awesome match. J- uh, Darby and uh, Jeff Hardy just determined to kill themselves for our entertainment. What did Orange Cassidy do? He wasn't on the show. Well, then I don't care. Did you did you go look at my Twitter and see the Jeff Hardy, I mean, uh, the Darby uh, splash off the 10-foot ladder gonna, on the thing of chairs? I'm not going to do it. It's insane. I'm not going to look at it. Go look at it. Okay, I'm going to do it. You want to look at it? I'm going to look at it. It's insane. I can't remember what it was, but I did. I did. If you were going to ask me if I watched basketball, yes. Well, I was going to say, you know how our phones listen to us? Like that's it, it's clearly a thing. Like I'll mention one thing to my wife about, I don't know, um, golf pants, and my Instagram yeah. will like have golf pants ads out of nowhere. Facebook for me, but same yeah. So I was searching. Like Virginia wanted to watch something on YouTube the other day, and I can't remember what it was, but it was something with like. Anyway, I started typing in either like O-R-A or like C-A-S-S and like all these Orange Cassidy videos started popping up and Virginia's like, what's that? I'm like, no. Yes! No, we're not doing this. She'd be a huge Orange Cassidy not yet. fan. Not yet, not happening. We'll get her shades and a blue jean jacket. Yes! So like last night I was going to ask you about NBA stuff because it was the only night where I feel like I, I kind of wanted to watch NBA and so of course... Like, Virginia takes an hour and a half to go to sleep. I'm in her bedroom forever. Like, she just will not fall asleep. And all this time, my friends are like, my, one of my friend text groups is like, just blowing up. Like, oh, my God, Drew Holiday. Like, oh, my God, this is a, like, oh, my God, this game's incredible. And I get out, and, of course, it, it's just ended, the the yeah, Bucks celtics well, game. And all everybody's talking about the greatest game of all time. Well, and so I'm like, far, okay, but, cool. Yeah. Like, I, I'm going to. I'm excited to watch Warriors Grizzlies. Like the, the this is gonna be fun. Oh, and like, <laughs> I make some food. I'm eating late. Like by the time I come back, it's like 62 to 20. I'm like, well, this sucks. Like it was just terrible. Like I yeah. I couldn't get into any sports, so I w- ended up watching most of the Stars Flames game. Uh, which who was, won that game? Well, I fell asleep when it was one one in the third period. Right after the Flames had scored. Because I'm kind of rooting. One, I hate the Dallas Stars. I kind of root for the Canadian teams. I feel like their fans care more. Yeah. Well, I mean, I like the Flames. They're one of my favorite T-shirts that I have. Flames won three to one. Good, good. Because that year was tied two two. I think. Yes. And I just cannot stand the Dallas Stars. For one, they took the team out of Minnesota, and B, a very uh, rude interaction with a with a one of their fans when I was working at Cardboard Heroes. That's all it takes. I like she it. She could not could not understand how we don't have Mike Modine, uh, whatever his name, Mike Madonna, Mike Madonna? Uh, autograph, autograph pictures. Like, well, what a bizarre thing to be angry about in Louisville, Kentucky. I mean, it was my manager was just laughing at me because I'm sitting there just getting yelled at by this woman. She's like, "He was so and so. He's so handsome. I've met him. You don't have that picture." And I'm like, "Ma'am, we're in Louisville, freaking Kentucky." <laughs> the stupidest thing I've ever heard in my entire life. Oh, it was horrible. People like, get mad about the dumbest stuff. It's like we have his jersey. That's not autographed. I was like, 
Do you want me to sign it? Ridiculous. <laughs> so yeah, I'm, so therefore I've held a grudge against the Dallas Stars. So go Flames. So you hate the Stars. I always, I, I do invariably find myself if it's not the Avalanche, I kind of just cheer for the Canadian teams because yeah, it makes sense. You know, yeah, I, I feel like they're a fan. And the Canadian teams, like they never win the cup. It's been forever. Like they, they, uh, they've had a couple of them. The Canadians, I know, made the finals a few years ago and got blasted. Um, I feel like their fans care more. I feel like it means more to them. So I find myself kind of rooting for them. That's kind of the reason why, and you're not going to like this, but some of the few shirts I don't have logos for, I don't dislike them, but I just can't root really for the teams that took the Canadian teams as well. And that's the does, And that includes your Avalanche. It does. It does. And more so the Carolina Hurricane for some reason. Like that team just annoys well, me. Well, because Carolina doesn't have, deserve hockey. Yeah, and the logos look stupid. I mean, it's just, it, I, I'm not into them. Who was the uh, trivia time? Oh, I love trivia time. Who was the last Canadian team to win the Stanley Cup? Ooh, was it was it Montreal in 94 or 90, 90, 90 it was early 90s when they last won it. It was and that's my guess too cuz I can't well, think of a I know it was 94 cuz Vancouver lost to the Rangers in 94. Okay, I, I just saw that. the answer. Is it Montreal like 92? 93. 93, okay. I knew it was early 90s. That was my guess. I remember when that happened and I god, it's been that long. Yeah. I mean, Toronto hasn't won it since the 50s. That's right. I mean, and they got. I mean, and they've had I, some good teams recently. And one other Canadian, and one other Canadian. So I mean, because remember, there was the in the early nineties, you also had the purge of the Canadian teams where you lost. Yeah, Canadians got blasted last year in the Cup by the Lightning. Winnipeg, Winnipeg, I think made it to the Stanley Cup a few years ago. Did they not? Winnipeg, I don't think so. The Canucks did in like twenty ten, twenty eleven. Okay, and lost a good series to the Bruins. Um, I can't remember if Winnipeg did or not. You may be right. I don't know. I, maybe they lost in just the conference finals. I remember them getting decently far at, at some point a few years ago. And it wasn't. They, Winnipeg's never been in a Stanley Cup. Okay, final. then it must. They may have just made it like the conference finals, and I'm just confusing myself. Flames made it 2004. The, Oilers didn't made the Blackhawks beat one of them, or who did the Blackhawks beat when they won their Stanley Cup a couple years ago? They've won several recently. Yeah, a few recently. They've been kind of like the San Francisco Giants of hockey recently. They, yeah, they beat the Lightning in 2013. 2015, they beat the Bruins in 2013, they beat the Flyers in 2010. Um, we were actually in Chicago in like right after they won it in 2013. And nice. it, I'll be honest, like it was cool as hell. Like the entire city oh, they was just like, that. They all, it, yeah. yeah, everybody's talking about the Blackhawks. There's Blackhawks stuff everywhere. It made me really wish that Louisville could get a hockey team. I guess the last like real run though, would, like I don't know if anybody's won back to back, but I think it was it the Oilers or not the Oilers, but the Islanders or Oilers were last one to win like three in a row, I think. Well, the Lightning have won. Back to back. Oh, they right have. now. Okay, yeah, they won the last two years. Oh, I didn't know. But didn't they get? They've already gotten beaten, right? In this tournament. <sighs> I don't know. I thought didn't they who the Avalanche beat? No, they beat the Preds. Predators. Okay, I'm sorry. Wrong bandwagon team of a, in a city that doesn't need hockey. Fair. <laughs> Tough How but fair. I get those two confused. The Lightning currently trail the Maple Leafs three to two. Ooh. Okay. Come on, Toronto. Game six tonight, seven thirty. There you go. All right. There's your NHL update. I don't know how we got there. Didn't expect the that Lightning to happen. The Lightning were the first team to have a woman goalie. Wait, what? They had a woman goalie their expansion year. Did they? I don't think she ever liked Was she it Julie did. the Cat? I think it was her mom. Julie the Cat Gaffney? I think it was <laughs> Barbara Cat was her name. I had no idea. I, I didn't know she, that there had been a she, female she NHL She was player. on the roster but didn't actually play. I think she played in preseason officially but not in the regular season. Oh, she has a name that I could never pronounce. Yeah, but she did play like like IHL and stuff stuff like that. Manon Rayumi? I just remember it was in her expansion year in like 94, 95, maybe 93, whatever. There's no Canada like French Canada. <laughs> She's from uh, Quebec. Yeah. Oh, is she? Yeah. <laughs> Left-handed goalie. It's the Nordiques. Yeah, exactly. 
Uh, so there you go. There's your hockey update. Oh, sweet hockey talk. Gotta love hockey talk. Love the hockey talk. Hey, a lot of hockey talk last night. AW was in Long Island. The Islanders. They had a few uh, hockey jerseys being brought out. Okay. So there you go. We full circle to wrestling, right? Yeah, full circle to wrestling. Uh, Texas says, "Did you see the wreck uh, on the the water scene yesterday?" So that's. Have you seen that video? I have. I was about. It happened about ten minutes after I passed that area. And it's like right. Yeah, it's, it's like right where we it's, get on the water scene when right we leave here. Out here, yeah, right there. I mean, it's yeah. Insane. Like yeah. I, I saw that. Um, I think it was Pat Jaggers from over there at uh, 680 tweeted that out, out the video of it. It's like a full. If you haven't seen it, I retweeted it yesterday. It's a full on semi, and it's okay, blazing inferno. And you see that, and your first thought is, I mean, somebody had to have died. Like, like you, you see that, filming a movie. Yeah, there's it. It doesn't look real. It looks no. like one of those things that you just. And driving past there on the way in here, I was shocked that there wasn't more like still leftover carnage from all that. But thankfully, it, it sounds like the the driver of the semi walked away with I think non life threatening burns was the way it was yeah. phrased, and he was the only person who was hurt because it was a, a car cut him off. He swerved. He like flips over, hits the median, and then all of the, the the gas leaks out of the semi and ignites and goes like just up in flames. I mean, yeah, you're crazy. Someone scene. wasn't driving, like trying to maybe go around him in sure. some way because you know how impatient people are. And-, and of course, the person who swerved and, and cut him off and, and started this whole thing doesn't stop and just keeps going. So they, don't, they got no he idea what's happening. No there. idea. He was probably just heard it in his rear view and was like, "Oh crap!" But yeah, it was a terrifying scene, and that happened like, like you said. It was like six forty-five last night. So I left here at six thirty. Yeah, very close to when you and I were both around that area i mean now granted we're going it was westbound we, we would be going eastbound when we leave here though so yeah. it was the opposite of what side we would have been on the same side that pat was on when he filmed it but yeah i mean it was i'd waited an extra five minutes or so to leave here I, it would i would have i'd have been kind of cool to see i think well okay that's <laughs> well i mean if it's gonna happen i mean i at least want to i mean i want to be like i want to be like your boy jaggers i want to be filming it i want to i would i want to that would have been cool it's pretty wild um We'll take our first break now. We have other things to talk about. I, I feel like we didn't give the proper amount of attention to the Jeff Brom stuff from yesterday. Oh, I've got a few leftover thoughts from that. Give love to Brom. We've got some updates on the you know the, the basketball recruiting front. We've had Kenny Payne now. He's officially an ACC coach because he went on Packer and Durham today and talked for a little bit. Lucky I know. Yeah, of course. P&D. We all love our P&D. Um, <laughs> i tell you what, the day they call me is the day I quit this show. I'm like, I'm out of here. I'm going to Packer and Durham. <laughs> well, good luck with that. We just wanted you for an interview. I don't care. They're the gatekeepers of the ACC. They don't let people like us on. No. They, they, they would never let Louisvillians on Packer and Durham. That's strictly ACC, and we don't really belong. So we'll talk about that stuff. Also, I've got some uh, another list for Trevor to get excited about slash angry ooh, about. Ooh, ooh, yes. That's going to be fun, and we'll take more of your texts at 502-414-1450. We'll take our first break here and come right back and jump into all that good stuff. It's the Mike Rutherford Show here on 1450 and 96.1, The Big X. But I detect unhappiness You never speak so I have to guess You're not free Alright, I've watched the Jeff Hardy video Darby, Darby Allen technically Darby Allen The whole time I watched it I thought it was Jeff Hardy doing the jumping But why is Jeff Hardy now dressed up as a Like a it's like a rainbow, insane clown posse guy. He always now. has worn the base paint and stuff like that. He's the well, not uh, when I was watching wrestling. He's the enigma, Jeff Hardy. 
Okay, well, and he always he's always kind of and he he's kind of gone more for the rainbow look, I guess, for the unity stuff and everything. So okay, well, but he's always he's always and, and Darby does ha- he paints half his face only in honor of his uh, uncle who died in a car wreck that he was in with him actually. Oh wow. You are. I just noticed now too. You're at 899 followers. We're getting you I to a thousand. Oh, you just dropped. I was at 901. Oh, did you lose a couple? What did I do? People, was it the AEW? The AEW retweet. What, just what, what, was it Detmer's no hitter? What was it? my favorite thing about scrolling through was your it timeline? Your TikTok video. I mean, <laughs> I love scrolling through because you you rarely tweet, so most of your stuff is just like a couple of retweets. Yeah, usually that's what it normally is. And so yeah. I scroll through very quickly, and I see the I watch the All Elite Wrestling clip, and then I scroll down, and the next thing that I see is. The best looks at the 2022 Met Gala from Good Housekeeping. And I was like, wait, what? What? <laughs> and then I just, I, I noticed that it's a promoted tweet that's oh, on your timeline. Okay. For a second there, I was like, damn, Trump, okay. Like, didn't know if there was like an athlete that you were into who was at the I, Met Gala. I love that red carpet, man. <laughs> and then, uh, then after that, it's right, right back to wrestling and then Reed Detmers. That was good. And then I think it's your TikTok and yeah. probably I'm, some draft stuff. That's right, how far it goes back. And then there's draft and there's. Me talking about uh, Vlad not getting the MVP vote. And- I've got a very personal question for you. I don't like to be personal on the radio. Well, this is you're going to have to be. I have to keep it close to the best because this just happened to me out there, and I, now I want to. I'm rethinking things. So my question is: when someone asks you, "How's it going?" or "How are you?" when you're just walking casually by, what's your go-to response? Good. How are you? Okay. Now, when I was younger, and I'd go like it like when I would like in my days of going and hanging out at the mall, and a customer service representative would say, "How are you?" I would sometimes be like, "Other than these uh, this rash in my in my rear end, I'm doing awesome. How are you?" I would. I, See, I was I would, kind of expecting you to have a go to like that. I would. I did that as when I was younger, just to screw with like retail people. But uh, and being a retail person myself, I can do that. I'm allowed. Uh, That's how it works. But now, yeah, now it's mostly just, you know, the, 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 the normal pleasantry answer. See, I've been saying not too bad for a long time. And I feel like that's too negative of a of a response. I feel like I'm focusing on the, well, not bad, as opposed to just being like, doing great or good. But now I'm, worried, I'm getting to like the dad age where I feel like you have to have, you know, like I always love the dads who always respond with, better not deserve. I don't, I'm, I don't remember how the bird that. Oh, one. I've heard it before several times. And I kind of feel like I need to adopt something like that. I pick up all these dadisms, and now I start repeating it. Like if I'm walking my dog, and I pass the same person like on a block, like I see them early in the walk, and then I see them again. Somebody one time, this old guy to me, like two years ago, said, "We're both making pretty good time tonight." <laughs> I now say it every time that I, I'm in that same situation with somebody else. Like, make a pretty good time tonight. Gets a laugh every time. It's wonderful. I need to start doing more stuff like that now. I'm at that. I'm 37. I'm father of two. Yeah. Battling pots on a daily basis. <laughs> you and me both. It's the, it's the time for me to start adopting more sayings like this. And I feel like my go-to of uh, not too bad is just not good enough. This is why the best commercials on air right now today is a progressive don't turn into your uh, parents commercial. They are good. We the, all the, the, see it. The, the, the we all one. see it. They, if, I could, if I could go a day without not having to see one of those dumb commercials and go, that's a better idea than this. And then they do something. Like, every company like wants to do that in the last 10 years and it's been not good for the last nine years. 
So the progressive are great. My favorite is the. Why are insurance companies so good at marketing? Like uh, Geico has been great for years. Geico's usually ahead they're of the curve. They're fantastic. Well, they're the ones that started that stupid. This is better than you know. So and so. The chaos commercials were. They're not they've, bad. They've run their course now. Yeah. Progressive's been good for a while. Insurance companies, they just know how to do it. State Farm. I mean, uh, Liberty's a little behind the times. Other than the song getting stuck in your head. Yeah, the, I, they're I not very funny. I don't like the. They have the one with the the actor in front of the oh. Statue of Liberty too. That's not good. It's on every streaming service. Yeah, uh, Liberty. Do are we are we linked to Liberty here? Remember the what was the whale song? Was that uh, was that Allstate too? The the, the the video just like it was like the whale just jumping with that song. It was like and it just got in your head all the time. And I was like, hell yeah! It does. Uh, let's not forget the um, the one with the guy from Juno in it, Michael uh, Farmers. Oh yeah, he's good. I do like the one where they're that's they maybe have one of the most honest ones where he's giving out the uh the five cent balloons and the girl's like, Can I have a balloon? He goes, Do you have a have you been with us for over a year? No. Then no. It's like that is the that's pure insurance company right there. Insurance, hey, they they know good marketing. I mean, I've had my I've had my problems with insurance companies in the past. So. But back to the subject at hand. Back to the topic at hand. Do I need <laughs> I feel like I need to stray from not too bad. Do you think do you, I used to always do not too bad because it just it shuts down the conversation. Like I, I don't I want mean, you could go with can't like, complain. I've used that one before. I want to get away from. I, I want to be more positive. I want to be more of the like doing great something like that. Maybe you should Snappy. just go, maybe you should just go awesome high five just right up to the person. Pound it, <laughs> pound it. <laughs> Best day of my GD life. Pound it. <laughs> better now that you've asked. Never been better. That, yes, there you go. Anytime they say it to you. Awesome! Now that you've showed concern, well, that's, thank you. I don't and, like that. At and all. just give him a hug. I like never been better. Never been better. I might go with that. Greatest, but then it just feels like you're bragging. Greatest day of my life. It just feels like you're bragging. Man. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I just stick with not too bad. I don't know. Or you could just go with a fake story, like oh, other than the bunions right now, I'm doing super. <laughs> no, I don't want to do that. Uh, my knees a little crickety. Might go get some rain here soon. <laughs> Texture said, "When you said breaking news, I thought that you were going to say that Trevor has a sex contract." Oh, God, I, that would be awesome. Is that the new goal for the show now? Is to somehow get you get me paid to get laid? <laughs> get you paid to impregnate somebody? That's where that, that's how far we've fallen already. I mean, I would like I'm the attempts. I don't know if I really need a kid. Nice little summer project. <laughs> if you are looking to be impregnated and you you don't have the means to go the medical route, and you want somebody to have a great sense, your kid's gonna have a great sense of humor. Oddly obsessed with. Movies that were released when he was three, four, five years old, wrestling and sports. Trevor Kelsey's the way to go. Well, first of all, wrestling is a sport. Okay. <laughs> sports entertainment and sports. <laughs> it's all sports entertainment. It all is entertainment to me. Hit up Trevor. I, I mean, I think you're trying to get, you're going like, because originally your goal was to get me in a relationship. Married. Well, I wanted you to be engaged by 2023. I mean, you're really going. For I think the, it was loving your life. I think if you're trying your to get me to knock her up first. I mean, I mean, if if, if, if any Seth Rogen movie has taught me anything, it's if you get her pregnant, she'll marry you, right? Everything will work out right. Everything will work out good. Well, they don't actually get married. Worked out good for me. And my, oh, wait a minute. Never mind. Well, <laughs> I'm here, right? She's never going to marry you. <laughs> I mean, all I need to do is find a girl that looks like Kathleen Hegel. And <laughs> what was her name? Kathleen Hegel? Is it Hegel? What's her name? Well, it's not Kathleen either. Catherine Heigl? Yeah, that's it. <laughs> they don't get married in that movie. Well, you don't know that. Well, he asked her to, and she says, well, he gives her an empty box. 
Yeah, but then that, that's that's like the middle of the movie. They don't get married. I know it's the middle of the movie. It should have been near the end. That movie's like an hour too long. It's you always say that. It is. You got to cut it's a not. little bit of that. It's a great movie. But they they end up together. They do at the end. Yeah, because they're going. And there's no update on them in this forty, which I think is an underrated movie. I've heard good things about it, yet for some reason, and I don't know why I haven't watched it. I think it's good. People just want it to be more like knocked up, and it's it's not. I mean, why wouldn't they give them an update in that movie though? Because it's not really a sequel to Knocked Up. They yeah, but it's her sister. It is, but they, I, I mean, don't, least, I don't know, Trevor. At least in passing, you could put a line in there going, "Oh, by the way, you know, so and so and so and so are doing great." I can't remember the names of the characters either. <laughs> <laughs> All I'm thinking is he just keeps doing the dice thing way too. He's much. doing the dice thing way too. Much. It's a great movie. They're both great movies. Uh, Texas said that. What was her name? <laughs> Allison was her name. Yes. What was his name? Mr. Skin? Ah, smile, the smile. I don't think it's Paul Rudd doing the smile. Like, Mr. Skin? Uh, and it's spelled coming soon, but they spelled coming. Oh, that's gross. Uh, <laughs> I, like to do, I ran across it, and I just thought nothing of it. Moved on. <laughs> Let's go watch Spider-Man 3. Uh, takes us I choose to believe that Trevor's childhood was basically an episode of Life with Louie. <laughs> That's an underrated show. Louis Anderson. Uh, <laughs> Texas, what is Trevor's prediction on this year's UK UFL game? Pain. I'm just not going to tell you which side it gets it. <laughs> Texas said Mike got roasted today on roll call for his ignorant takes. No baseball is not harder to win than a basketball title. Yes, it is. I mean, everybody agree with that. Yeah, it is. Yes, Scott is the biggest crybaby of all time, and Vince Merrow put him in a body bag. How did Vince Merrow put him in a body? Did he tweet something like, big dogs eat? And with like 15 misspellings uh, Trevor I mean, is a got- homer but even he can agree about Scott it's sad it's terrible you need to take a bow to roll call no I mean I will say about TJ's little tweet I didn't. I saw that I know you mentioned it but I did say the tweet where he was like no titles and all this talent and I'm like I didn't want to reply to it because people already took the, did what I was it's thinking it's such a terrible take well especially since the fact that that guy never even got to play postseason baseball yeah, I mean, the, I mean, we were number one in the like that was the we've never been number one overall seed in the NCAA tournament and lost, which Kentucky cannot say. He want to put pictures of like I don't know Logan, you know Logan on there, or Chris Dominguez, or some of those guys, other teams that actually got a chance. Like that was the team that if they hadn't won at all, I think you could have been like, eh, it's kind of a joke. Well, Corey Ray, go ahead. Like, but I mean, when we lose in the College World Series, we have more times than not lost. Like when we lost to Vandy, they were the best team in the country and they won the national title. It's not our fault. We were the th- like the third team left standing. It's just, it's such a ridiculous take. John Calipari arrives at Kentucky with all the history, all the advantages in the entire world. You know, you expect to win titles at UK. You expect to get top talent at UK. You have all the money, every advantage you can possibly want. Dan McDonald arrives at Louisville at a program that has been to one NCAA tournament and won zero NCAA tournament games. And with a fan base that I think half of them didn't know we had a baseball program. And he takes that program, brings them to what? four or five college world series and is constantly ranked in the top 10 and he's punished because of that we've never had a top three recruiting class nope uk can't say uk's always got number one recruiting Backed. class and failing with oh them. trust me they'll let you know it's it's just an absurd comparison not to mention i mean we may lose teams that are better than us cal constantly loses teams that are better than him west virginia not better than that uk team no uconn and 11 not better than that team no i mean he did beat ohio state in the sweet 16 who was better than him but that's i guess your only one accomplishment. I mean, his title came in a year where his team was better than everyone's. Yeah, they, they should have won. They were number one overall And 15, he lost to Wisconsin. Don't get me wrong, a good Wisconsin team, but not better than that Kentucky team. Yeah. I mean, who else what was he? They lost to UConn again. Not better. No. they Yeah, yeah they, they do this every year. And they've got more talent than anybody. And it shows with their draft picks and all that stuff and all the recruiting numbers. And it's just not a comparison at all. 
TJ said it best. You can lose four games in a tourney and still win a baseball title. Here's the difference. You don't have your best team every single time because you can't throw your number one pitcher every single time. You've got to have the deepest staff. It's why college baseball's postseason is so different than college baseball's regular season. You've got a regional where it's double elimination with four teams, and then you go to a super regional where it's best out of three. And then if you make the College World Series, it's back to both both of those formats. You've got to win essentially a second regional and then also a second series. And you like you never have your best team if you're not throwing your ace every single time. Basketball, you've got your best team out there every single time. Yeah, think about this. think look at this way in last year's tournament. What what if you got a national title game and Kansas was like well, we can't play McCormick. He played in Saturday's exactly, game. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, it's we've, the we've exact got, same we've thing. got to sit him on the bench for this game because he 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 played Saturday. So but I mean, who did Kansas end up beating in the title? But North Carolina, like they rested Baycott in the in their win over Duke, and so they've got Armando Baycott in the middle, yeah. and now he's going to dominate Kansas, the backup center. It's it's totally different, and it's why college baseball's postseason gets weirder. It's why you had TCU uh, win a national title, not TCU. Fresno State win a national title as a four seed, which is the lowest possible seed you can be in the college baseball tournament. And, and let me clarify this, and maybe it, it, it stopped me. If I'm not speaking incorrectly for you, but because this annoys me. When you say one is better than the other, automatically people, like, just their mind goes, you think the lesser one sucks, or in this case, is easy. Neither of us, I think, are saying winning a college basketball championship no, is easy. No, not at all. It is hard as hell. It is very difficult. Yet there could be... and. Brace yourself if you're listening to this. Things that may be harder to do. And one of them is probably winning a college world series. Well, Kentucky fans don't pay attention to college baseball. They've got no reason to. Well, they haven't they did for like a split second they and then we got better than them. So they stopped. In, yeah. the, uh, in the whatever the tournament was regional or whatever. Super regional. The only time they've been to a super regional. Congrats. You came here, you got your ass waxed, and that was it. Their best player did play in that game though. They, they did. That first baseman that plays for the Mariners now, I think. I forget his name. And now they've got Nick Mingione who's just leading the life out of the program. <laughs> Nick Mingione. He was cool at first, and then he stopped losing games, and now that KSR is like, yeah, you don't you don't come on the I think what, what cursed uh, Kentucky was that they got mad at, like, TJ and us for calling them the Batcats. So, like, that's not our – we're not embracing that nickname. The fact they're that, like, dumb to not embrace the Batcats name is I why they – I thought Batcats was cool when, it, it, is when cool. it first became a thing. It, I mean, you should go with it. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, we don't have. I wish our name rhymed with something cool. Baseball. I mean, I just don't get me wrong. I love the Cardinal Nine. We did Cardinal Nine for a while. I still do the Cardinal Nine, myself. and the, yeah, it's kind of faded from prominence. Yeah, it's still my. Cause what, what would be the? What would be our nickname if we went for that? Then I don't know. Bad cards. <laughs> Card cards. <laughs> Same guy now. This guy's just swimming. He's just very upset. The only thing you all pay attention to is college baseball. Well, no, we let us not forget. We've won, I think, 17 straight in women's basketball. Haven't lost in men's basketball since pre-pandemic. Uh, so we're paying attention to basically pay attention to everything besides football. Also, not to mention it's the only sport going on. I mean, yeah. what are you doing? Other than, I mean, we could talk about NBA. I watched that Celtics game. I DVR'd wrestling and was like, I'm going to watch the Celtics game, and then I'll watch wrestling afterwards. Made the right choice because there was really nothing to watch in that Golden State game. I thought it would be a blowout. I just thought it'd be the other way around. That's why I didn't really care about watching it. How do you feel about I my favorite thing going right now in the NBA Marcus is Smart's such a bum. I don't I don't like him. I'm not, I don't get why people think he's so he's a he's an okay defensive player. He kind of irked me the wrong way. He runs hard and falls down a lot. And he, he made me and he kind of got under my skin when he was like he, you could see he was thinking he wasn't going to get the defensive player of the year award. And he came out acting like he's all smart out. He's like, well, they just don't give it to guards unless they're named Gary Payton. He's always annoyed. Except me. for the like 12 other guards who've won the award. Exactly. <laughs> the best thing going right now in postseason, it's probably coming to an end soon because I don't think they're going to get another home game. But Memphis playing whoop that trick is the. God, I, I love can it we so say much. That? Why not? I got, I got detention at Wagner for saying that on the school this news. This isn't Wagner. 
This is Wagner. I mean, do we not realize? This? Do you know what? You, I'm I'm aware. Do you know what the word means, right? We can just we can say whoop that trick, <laughs> okay? Because on its surface, it just means you know, beat up somebody. Beat up. That's all. That's all it means. I love the ignorance of like the youth of social media. They're like, "Look, this is cool." And like, do you people? Know? It's like when you use in- hashtag is which really stands for pound. Which I mean, <laughs> we say things suck all the time. Do you know what like what what that is implying? Well, it means it's the opposite of blow. It's. I mean, with, <laughs> there's a that started the origin of of things sucking is is not it's graphic, but yeah. we can say it now. But yeah, I do love like John Morant's like three year old daughters like dancing and like screaming to like whoop that trick. It's it's, it's wonderful. I it's incredible. Not, I went on my freshman year at Wagner. I went to like school. I did like a school news thing. And I called. I, I, I mentioned just in passing. I was like, and "Don't forget to support so and so, even though he's a lousy trade." I said that, and I got detention for it. That's fine because it's, it was considered a inappropriate slang term. Whatever. <laughs> I love it. Draymond Green trying to like get into it when they were down sixty like was annoying. That. I don't. Draymond Green still annoys me. Like there are certain things that I agree with him. Like he posted the video of the. His like uh, old high school coach, I guess there was a documentary about him in Saginaw, like in 2010, and had this big thing. Basically, did the old man thing where it's like they don't let coaches coach kids like this anymore, and that's why we have kids that aren't ready for the league and all this stuff. And it's a video of this guy, of this coach at a high school, like benching his three best players and saying, like, I hope we bleep and lose, and and like I'm gonna tell Michigan State that like. You're the reason why we lost because he was this kid was committed to Michigan State at the time and like I'm gonna put it on USA Today and blame you and they end up losing the game and the kids don't play and it's, everybody's like yeah this is great like this is what kids need to hear and go look up what happened to the kid like he didn't go to Michigan State he <laughs> went to Oakland he got arrested in the middle of his college I'm like really got through to him great lesson there Draymond like I, I, he stuff like that that he does just kind of drives me crazy it's just his the, the fact he thinks I mean I'm not saying Draymond's not a good basketball player he is he is I mean he's basically he pushed Russ Smith in 2012 he's Anthony Mason if you remember Anthony Mason That's we ended he, his career I mean he is who he is exactly who he is and it just annoys me that people not just himself but other people try to argue to me like oh well if they didn't have Draymond Green they wouldn't have rings I'm like no they may not have all their rings but they'll have rings exactly you take Curry off that team they got zero rings we saw what they were a couple years ago when Curry wasn't on that team nothing they're not a playoff team All right, Draymond is a he is the like the modern day poor man's version of Scottie Pippen attitude like I think I agree you need me I'm most don't get me wrong both are good and both are add to the you know are, are needed in winning but not necessarily desperately needed. One is far more irreplaceable than the other. Oh, far from. Actually, I, I, I would say, say two are far more, more yeah. irreplaceable than the other. And just the whole like attitude, just it, it drives me crazy. It and I'll, I'll never get over him pushing Russ Smith because Russ Smith ate his bleep. Like, just took the ball from him, and Draymond got like a little 11-year-old brat. Well, that's how he always acts. Just pushed him yeah. down. Maybe, and he's always talks about, we should have won the national title my senior year. Maybe score more than 44 points in a Sweet 16 <laughs> game when you're a number one seed. Fewest number, fewest points by a number one seed ever in hey, the NCAA tournament. Maybe he needs to need Steph Curry on the team. Yeah, maybe don't get locked up by Russ Smith and Kyle Kirk. <laughs> maybe you know, you know who the Warriors would be even better with Kyle Kirk on the roster, better than Draymond. Well, they do have Lee. We've established that he still play. He's been he played a decent amount. I saw him play in the last series one game. I had it on and they, he was on there. I mean, I was. That's the problem with Golden State, though, is that they don't play defense at all. And if they're not hitting their shots, you get what happened last night. And they kind of just quit. Yeah, they gave up. And then they realized they were And they did that a little bit in the game before. I mean, they kind of sleptwalked through the first three quarters. And then we're like, all right, we're done playing around. Yeah. And we're now we're going to win. And I still think they're going to win this series. They they should probably, 
I think it really honest, if they wanted to sweep Memphis, I think they could. But I just don't think they're just they're just going with the motion right now. And he had ten points last night. He being Damian Lee. Okay. Okay. I mean, I figured he played. They were they played had, more minutes because they were getting they had their third string in there with like seven minutes to play. Yeah. So yeah. So I do. I love the Memphis like like the crowd going crazy. I love that they play three six. I love. Somebody brought this up. <laughs> that makes sense. I know they're from Memphis. Is yeah. Whoop That Trick the best like fight song? Like, I mean, I've never like, heard. I never heard of the song fight until song. last night. Oh really? Yeah, it was new to me. I always is thought it new. I mean, no, it, no, no. Um, I thought that because my like in high school there I mean, were two Daddy, songs. I mean, well, yeah, Trick Daddy's fantastic, but he's also Florida the core. Okay, I just he's know not his, Memphis. I just know his name really. I don't know. Um, uh, yeah, whoop that trick is like, who I can't remember the guy's name who sang it, but it's like a. It was like when I was in college, like like mid aughts. And I can assume, or at least hope, he's from Memphis. I would assume so. I mean, I I don't know. I mean, honestly, it's from Hustle and Flow. That oh, movie. I know the movie. Okay, yeah, There's about I, the guy coming out of Ter- Terrence Howard coming out of Memphis. Oh, okay, I'm seen it bits and pieces. I've never really watched. All I liked through. it. I didn't like it as much as I wanted to. I liked the Baby Boy. I did not like Baby Boy. You didn't like Baby Boy? I had to rewatch it. Anyways, I liked Baby Boy. Hold on. I, I think the, <laughs> the best like actual like physical fight songs, not college fight songs, Hit a Mother Bleep is way up there. I've never heard that. How do you not know these songs? Are you, we're different eras. Yeah. Yeah, because but in the mid two thousands I was just like That's true. You yeah. were off the grid. You yeah. were off the grid. At least in terms of popular hip hop. Um <laughs> and then I don't know if you remember this song. Uh, um Bone Crusher. I'm never not, scared. I, I remember. I remember the name Bone Crusher. Then again, I mean, how hard is it to forget the name Bone Crusher? The, I mean, the music video for this, he's a he's like basically a Godzilla figure, just like stomping on buildings. It was incredible. Uh, but the song was never scared, and it was like my senior year of high school. I feel like I saw like seven people get knocked out to this song. <laughs> so I'm outside of the club, and you think I'm a punk? I would say we should play it, but we can't play any part of it. Didn't um, I was gonna? No, I, I almost I, well, because obviously I know you know. Uh, I was gonna say the the original whoop there it is uh, wasn't that I was gonna say that was three six mafia but that was uh, sixty nine boys I think wasn't it Yeah whoop there it is is not in this category Well I was wondering I couldn't remember sixty nine boys were from whoop Memphis. there it is is tag team Well they tag they team, redid they, re- they did the clean version Oh that's the only one I know The original actually didn't come out I think it was maybe released after the tag team version but supposedly the the 69 Boys did a more risque version. Oh, I have no idea. They came that. out like right at the same time. Because this is, you're talking early 90s. Yeah, mid 90s, probably. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Early mid 90s. And so that, but the, yeah, their version was a lot more cursing and, you know, more non radio friendly. And I was thinking they were from Memphis, but I could be wrong. Probably am. More likely I am. But I didn't know 36 Mafia was because I told you I did meet one of them one time. Do you remember? Do you ever watch the show um, Adventures in Hollywood on MTV? Never got the respect it deserved. That's a show. Yeah, they basically like they had the Three Six Mafia guys. They well, followed fa- them around in Hollywood, like as they like, adjusted to the California lifestyle. It was incredible. It was well, wonderful. My favorite female wrestler at OBW is named Hollywood. Well, there you go. She's hilarious. She's good in the ring too. Once again, kind of not what we're talking about. Well, that's why I was like when you said Hollywood, I was like, wow. There's, an, I mean, I guess where she got the name from. I always thought it was creative when she did that. I loved Project Pat. He shouted out Louisville at the end of his first song on his first CD. It was incredible. <laughs> I know Project. Do you Pat. remember the song? Like it was like he mentioned like every city, and like the first time you listen to it, I'm like, here, I'm like, come on, come on. Like <laughs> we're getting a little specific. Like, Birmingham's on here. He's like <laughs> Birmingham. B like, and then at the very, the very last one, 
Louisville. And I was like, yeah. Who doesn't listen to a song that names the towns and just pray? Like, come on, it. come on, let us be on the short list. Let's every, do it. Every time Huey Lewis would do the, the harder rock and roll, I'm like, come on, say Louisville. Come on, say Louisville. <laughs> <laughs> Huey Lewis and Project Pat. Two peas in a pod. Uh, let's take a break. When we come back, we'll talk a little Jeff Brom for Trevor. Uh, we'll also get into the list that's going to make him mad and take more of your text on the Thornton Stax line. You make me mad. That's yeah, so okay. We're going to do it. Uh, four o'clock hours coming up you next year. I got a bacon chicken Swiss sandwich. 1450-961. Mike Rutherford Show rolls on next. We could have a more different music theme so far than we had yesterday. Not exactly Parliament. <laughs> it's not the Funkadelics. Not the Funkadelics. Not Dr. Funkadelics. It's kind of funky. I mean, in a very different way. There is, there is, some, there is the madness. My message with this, with the series. Today. I'm sure there is. I can't, I, I can't figure it out yet. I'm not on the scent. Okay. Don't, don't have a scent yet. Do you, do you recognize the, this? You don't recognize this, this one. I don't recognize the last two. Okay. I'm gonna keep listening. I'm gonna keep. I'm well, gonna keep. I appreciate you. Keep compiling evidence. We're gonna I like keep to figuring see this, this out. There's five minutes of hard work I did at did two seventeen. Sitting in the car. Two seventeen. Yeah, for two seventeen. You're giving yourself too much credit. I left my house at two twenty today. Had to take mom up to the the car place to get her car. She had left it overnight. Did you see the big horse racing news today? Not surprised because I kind of. I I, I didn't say I predicted this last week when you were out, or earlier this week when you were out, but. I said, I would, if I was him, I would do this. Why? Because there is no benefit to running in it. Right now, you run in it, and he comes But he's in, running in the Belmont. He comes in dead last, then your stud fees go down, right? Well, then why run at all? I don't know. I don't They're think, focused on the Belmont. I don't think I'd run at all. Belmont's the third one, right? Belmont's the third one. It's the longest. It's for closers. I strike, clearly a closer if you watch the Derby. I guess that's their thinking. But I'm calling him out. I, I'm Rich th- strikes a bum. I'm thinking. I'm thinking he doesn't even wrestle in the Bel- in Belmont anymore. Well, no, they've already said it. They're focused on the Belmont. They're they're avoiding the Preakness so they can pay their full focus on the Belmont. We'll see when it gets here. Rich strike, bum, 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 bum horse, bum. It's gone from a good story, a feel good story. His jockey just got suspended for whipping a horse too much, uh, like some crazy track. Well, that should not surprise us how angry that horse was after the race. <laughs> yeah. I think that's... That, that was think, the best part about the race. I'm I mean... Not, I'm, like, I, this, I'm like, we have an 80-1 to 1 <laughs> weaving in and out of traffic down the stretch, and he's biting everybody. This is great. It's a fantastic <laughs> story. And then, like, the... Uh, you know, not shocking, like, the, the owner's getting milkshake ducked now. Like, he's... Like, all this stuff's happening. You know what? You never heard that phrase before? Uh... Well, um, you, you can Google it. Um, <laughs> Do I want to? Am I it's basically like when there's like a somebody goes viral and like it feels like a really feel good story, and then you start looking deeper into that person and like oh like they've tweeted like some very gross stuff in the past. Like, oh, that, that's any human being ever. It's becoming that way. <laughs> yeah, you, you really, you almost expect it at this point. But that's like it. Anyway, wrist strike bum bum. I mean, why I, even run the derby if you have no intention of trying to chase well, the triple crown? He, he didn't even run. He's running in the derby till twenty four hours before the derby took place. It is such a crazy story. I mean, yeah, I, I hate that I missed Monday and Tuesday because I would have liked to have talked about it. It just it blows. 
think about how Derby Week went, where everybody has these in-depth stories like all week long about pace and you know what happens if this horse goes to the front early and what horse might fall back and all. And the horse that won, you couldn't even write anything about him until Friday Oaks morning because you had no idea he was going to be in the race. And I, and you being a more horse racing guy, you can maybe tell me how dumb this is or maybe how correct I am, which is usually the latter. Uh, if he doesn't go in that late into the field, I mean, is he an 80 to one odd? I mean, because the odds, you, you told me the odds, you know, determine on how much you bet on him. Mm-hmm. So therefore, him going in that late, clearly very few are going to bet on him, which would make his odds go up. If he goes in that Monday, you know, before or the Friday, a week before or even on Tuesday that week. I mean, you know, people start talking about, you know how it is. I mean, it's by, by the time Derby comes up, I bet on pretty much every horse but him. He still would have been. All the stories? It's, it's a good question. He still, I think, would have been an extreme long shot. Probably. My guess is he probably would not have been that. I think pe- some there would have been some people who would have looked at him and said, "Well, you know, he's only won once, but it came at Churchill Downs. Like maybe he just likes the track. He's worth throwing a little bit of coin on." Exactly. Because he was the the least wagered on horse on the in the field. Yeah. And I, it was an obvious toss because by the time Friday comes around, most like serious horse people have already figured out who they're going to bet and mm-hmm. what they think and so they see understandably so they see rich strike out of nowhere and it, not just in the field but in the 20 hole like the far outside which is not doesn't produce a slew of winners and you just think you know it has produced a winner though obviously before rich Strike, i think I big was. brown was from the 20 a few years ago yeah i kind of remember that yeah because he was and he was the first one yeah they were like he's so dominant doesn't matter <laughs> where he's out of exactly yeah and you look at, I mean, not exactly like a, a well-known trainer, not exactly a well-known jockey, not a fantastic pedigree. It was understandable why you would look at this and just say, like, toss the horse. Like, no, it's not going to happen. Cool that he got in the race. Feel good. I mean, even the, 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 the trainer's daughter, they interviewed her after the race, and she's like, we were hoping for, like, a middle-of-the-pack finish and all this stuff. So I, to answer your question, I think probably slightly better than 80-1, to 1, but probably no better than, like, 65-1. to 1. Still the biggest long shot in the race, probably? I would guess so. I think so. Who was because who was second to him? I think wasn't it? It was like Happy Jack. I want to make Classic Causeway. I know was way down there. Yeah, you were Classic right. Causeway may have had worse odds because he was like eighty-seven to one for part of the day. And Happy didn't even want to stay in the the gate. He was like, he wasn't happy. Yeah, he wasn't happy. Not at all. happy. Yeah, really, he, neither was I after betting on him. But I'm. <laughs> they had to do something about it because this is now the second time in four years where the Derby winner has just opted not to run in the Preakness. Country House did the same thing after, quote-unquote, winning the Derby. Should we care, though? I think so. I mean, I still care about the Triple Crown. I still – like, I have – I'll watch the Preakness because I like horse racing. Yeah. But I would totally understand why the casual viewer just has zero interest. I and I thought do. it was going to be a cool Don't. story with, you know, you've got – like, is this horse for real? The last time we had this type of situation, I think, was was Mind That Bird – which was such a long shot that won, and you kind of yeah, thought like sixty-five to one or something like that. Yeah, you sort of thought fluky race, kind of the same as this year, where the pace was just insanely fast early on, which is always, I think a, it has to happen. It has to be a precursor to have like an eighty-to-one shot have a chance because the pace has to fall apart, and then somebody just scoops in at the last second and you know closes because everybody else is dead. So I think understandably people were like well mind that bird's a joke like he's not going to win and he won the preakness and it sort of validated his derby victory i think it was going to be interesting to see this horse go up against epicenter potentially go up against uh, the oaks winner which i think would be a cool thing like i I thought it was setting up to be a cool preakness and now it's just kind of like a whatever preakness epicenter is going to be like a two-to-one favorite (laughs) well i mean it's always a whatever preakness to me anyway uh but again this is not i'm not as horse racing as you yeah I mean, obviously, I do watch Derby, and I watch it all day. You know, 
the coverage of it all through the day. But yeah, Preakness, I'll, I'll try to remember to even watch the race. Yeah, Secret Oath is the horse. Or Belmont. Dwayne Lucas is Oaks winner who's going to run in the in the um, uh, in in the Preakness now. And I, there was some talk that she might run in the the Derby early on during the prep race. Well, man, but I thought she was only two years old. She's three. Oh, she is three. She ran the Oaks. Why didn't she run in Derby? She ran the Oaks. Wouldn't she want to run in Derby instead? She picked the Oaks to run. She picked poorly. The, Oak, well, the Derby's better. Now she's taking on the big boys and the, the Preakness. We're going to see how she stacks up. I, I get, though, from your perspective as a horse racing fan, if you're a horse racing fan, yes, I would not be happy with this either. This would be man up, horse up, whatever you want to call it. You know, step up to the plate, blah, blah, blah. From, from someone who doesn't get into horse racing other than maybe the excitement of the Derby, I have no. I, I don't blame him because honestly, like I said, what is there to lose? You come in dead last in this race. That would. I would, can't think that would have to hurt the studying. His, well, then why run again? I'm not even certain he's going to run. They're going to run that third race either. I bet you they do. I mean, if they're talking, you might about be it, right. But I'm just saying, I I, I want to wait till I see it to happen. If they're talking about, you know, we're focusing on the Belmont, then I mean. You're going to get called out for it. And I think then people start to get a little bit – because he hasn't shown enough. Like, it's, it's cool him, that he – Nobody's going to care that long. I yes, mean. they are. It's cool that he's a derby winner, but he's still – like the stuff he's going to go up dramatically if you can give a second big-time performance that validates the first one. Like you have far more to gain than you have to lose. Like if you come in last, like whatever. Like people will maybe say it's a fluky derby win. You're still going to get a decent stud fee. If you – If you even show well in the Preakness or the Belmont, you don't even have to win. Like it's going to – almost double your value like he has what horse racing is going to have to do is spread these races out more because two weeks between the derby and the premiums i think scares a lot of people how is it that's not enough time it's not these for are a like lot of four people. ton pound animals they can't they have to wait two weeks to run look at the prep races they they, they would take months between races I, I, you're gonna have to one day explain this to me maybe when we have more time I, maybe roush tried to and didn't get through to my head but I just don't understand, like, as humans, we don't wait, like, two weeks to run a race. And these are animals that are running shorter distances that are... Okay, regardless <laughs> of your, your thoughts here, what horse racing... Because it's clearly a concern for certain trainers. What they're going to have to do to keep this from happening, because it is a big problem for the sport. Preakness ratings will go down significantly because oh, yeah. they don't have the Derby winner in there. Money being bet will go down, maybe not significantly, but it will go down. It will be less than it would have been if Rich Strike were running in this race. They're going to have to spread the races out to eliminate this excuse. Like, just go a month between the three races. Go first Saturday in May, first Saturday in June, first Saturday in July. Simple. Done. Make that happen. I wouldn't complain. Uh, my guy Joshua Nance says they should let Country House run in Rich Strikes Place in the previous. You guessed it. Get Country House in there. He's always on. He's always on call. He's just waiting for that next call. Get him in there. How lucky are we that Derby did get the first leg of the Triple Crown? What's the best? It deserves it. I mean, I'm just saying because I mean, well, whatever's first is always going to be the best and more popular. Well, when two years ago it was the Preakness, it sucked. Nobody cared. It was awful. When yeah. Preakness, I mean, remember the Preakness went ahead of the Derby two years ago? No, I don't remember. During the COVID year. They were in the Preakness in, like, June. I knew we ran in, like, September, right, or something. It was we? So, it will always be a fun fact. It was Virginia's very first birthday. September 5th was Bizarro Derby. Oh, is that so, I'll, we'll always remember that. As, like, I always remember the date of the weird 2020 Derby, and then Belmont was last, but, like, nobody even cared. I just remember my buddy had was was had to move his wedding back, and, like, it was supposed to be in, like, April, so they pushed it back to the fall in 2020. And it turned out that was the weirdest thing. Like, oh, so he was like, you know what? Screw that. They ended up just getting married in 2021 instead. I, I feel like I heard a, a different story like that too. <laughs> They're like, well, we'll push back again, man. <laughs> no, I mean you can't get you can't get married on Derby, right? I mean that's just it'd be weird. I mean it's that's just bad. Kind of cool, also. 
I mean, if, I guess for me, I wouldn't. You know, even me for not as like a big horse racing fan, I wouldn't even do it. I mean, unless you're going to do like maybe a wedding theme all based around the Derby, possibly. Like have just like multiple TVs all around and, you know, doing do bet instead of having like a uh, a pretzel stand, have like a, I have a bookie there taking bets through the whole wedding. I mean, <laughs> odds would last longer. The the uh, the 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 trumpet or the the kiss at the at the altar. I mean, <laughs> to, like prop odds for the whole day. That'd be kind of fun. The text line, uh, <laughs> text has gone back to what we said earlier. It said people do tweet bad things, and has unearthed a tweet of yours from October 29th from 2010. Who me? Yeah. Oh God knows what I said. It's honestly not as bad as I thought it was going. What, to what be. I said. That was when was the date? Two, it's 2010. Oh, that was dirt. That was that was. This is, that was LES eighty eighty six uh handle days. I'm not gonna read it, but it's not as bad as I was I'll read worried. It. No, I I can't I, I can't Is there read cursing it. in it? Eh, yeah, there's inappropriate language. I'm not gonna read. You can look at the text line later and you can see what it is. <laughs> I don't even know what I probably could get away with reading it, I'm just not going to. Wow. Uh Texas says we're talking about the the songs that getting in fights for. Uh Texas Petey Pablo raised up. If I was a North Carolina fan, my shirt would constantly be spinning around my head like a helicopter. <laughs> I know that song. I had the whole album. I mean, oh, it's cool. I couldn't tell you that any other song. This is going to shock you. I knew it was Petey Pablo a lot of, though. There weren't a lot of bangers on that album outside of Raise Up. It was pretty like Petey Pablo wasn't going to be a, a multi-hit guy. No, he is he is the the, the prime example of a one-hit wonder. Texas Get on My Level was a good one. That's a, very good. I don't remember that. Texas Never Scared by Bone, Pro- Bone Crusher is the best fight song. Agreed. Again. Um, Texas brings this up, and I, I do want What happened to Survivor by, by uh, uh, the I uh, uh, the Tiger by Survivor? What about that one? You think people are just like... Having street fights. I love, how, I love how you all are naming all these like 2010 hip hop songs in my in my mind. I'm automatically thinking of like maybe You're thinking of like boxing montages. <laughs> Kids weren't like getting out in cars and parking lots and being like, bam, 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 bam. Although the video yes. in my head is hilarious though, like pushing up your sleeves, taking off your leather jacket. Maybe a little Rage Against the Machine out there. Rising up. Like, oh my God, Timmy just got knocked out. <laughs> Back on the street. Timmy's dead. Uh, it's always Timmy. Texas Poor Adventures Timmy. in Hollywood is incredible. Can You can find full episodes on YouTube. I may, I may need to do that. What soon. channel was that off of again? It was on MTV. Back when MTV was actually making like fun reality-based shows. Uh, yeah, I don't remember those days. Yeah, this is, once again, this all of this stuff is from the period of time where you were just lost in the 60s. I did chuckle a few times at a show that this girl made me watch called something like Silent Library or something. That was after that time, oh, okay. and I did not like that. Show. It wasn't very great, but it, there was a few chuckle moments during it. I had. I was not a big fan. See, like this period, like oh, like two thousand to like two thousand eight. I thought they had some really good shit. Like Robin Big, I liked a lot. I've heard of it, never watched it. We yet. talked about it, it was like Rob Deerdeck, who yeah, yeah, yeah. now does ridiculousness. Uh, Adventures in Hollywood, I thought was awesome. I actually really liked the Andy Dick show back in the day. I thought it was hilarious. I liked him on News Radio. He was great on News Radio. Yeah, News Radio, we we both agree, very underrated show. Oh yeah, and we yeah. both have an uh, equal love for Phil Hartman. I've been rewatching it slightly here and there. On um, they've got them now, all four seasons. I think it was on Amazon Prime. I think it's four or five seasons. I forget. <laughs> the texture now has a follow up for one of my tweets, which which makes you, <laughs> your, my, your tweet look bad. <laughs> What's it's basically like I'm upset about somebody using the same word that you used in your tweet. 
Oh, was my word that bad? I no, it's, it's it's not terrible. It's just I gotta look this up. You're gonna have to. You gotta, you yeah, have to usually I wait till the end of the show to go to the text line and reply to. You're people. gonna be relieved because it's not. It's it's really not that bad. You're not gonna see a problem with but it. But 2010 just, could be like that. Makes me wonder, like, ooh, what would I have said? Because 2000. I mean, I was in radio though already, so there was. So I, I mean, God, there there were things that I wrote like very in the early days. People, don't, the kids today, don't understand when sports internet became a thing. It was the Wild West. Like people were just saying whatever the hell they wanted to. My Facebook is much worse. And I like I when I first launched like the the original blog, which was the cardreport.blogspot.com, like yeah, I was just saying like all sorts of stuff. And I remember I went back and looked at some of it a few years ago and was like, Phew, this is like not terrible by today's standards, but still I was like, this was in in poor taste. I don't know what I was thinking here. I don't know which one is the uh the tweet about the uh Oh, it must be the scent image one. Okay. Yeah, I love how Halloween is no longer about kids, and now just an excuse for. Oh, oh, that's not. Yeah, that's I, I knew you were gonna be relieved. Yeah, but then like, look at mine. I'm I would have like, said that on the air just today. I'll tweet that now. I knew you would, <laughs> but I just didn't want to get it in the whole conversation. Uh, and then like my my follow up is like the Courier Journal thing. Is it ever okay to tweet that a girl is like? Well, people polls say young people say yes, and I was like, Are you kidding me? TF? I don't know why I was angry about that. Honestly, part of me is, like should appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> Halloween's the best holiday for I've just never been a big Halloween fan anyway. I, I mean, it was, I didn't like it as a, I liked it more as an adult than I, or as a college kid than I did as a young kid. I just liked it as a kid. Uh, Texas, I was driving around the West End the other day, and there was a street fight with I Have the Tiger playing. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. I just love that that's where your mind went to. Well, I mean, yeah, it's Rocky, baby. Come on. Oh, my God. Um, I mean, that song inspired him to to beat up uh, Clubber Lang. Okay. If that doesn't inspire anyone to beat up anybody, then I, I don't know what does. Um, Killer Mike's verse on Never Scared was legendary. It was. You're right. Uh, do you think recruits should do a hip-hop style shout-out that include their school shortlist? No. No. That's too much. <laughs> You're asking them to do too much. <laughs> don't give. You want the, the recruits to rap their shortlist or something? Louisville, B. Louisville. No, it's not. <laughs> that shouldn't happen. Uh, can we give a congrats to a uh, show favorite? One of one of our friend of the program. My guy Doug Davenport has officially been named the head coach in waiting at Bellarmine. I didn't know anybody still did that. <laughs> They're doing it. I knew it was something they've been trying to work out for a while behind the scenes. I, I heard it was coming for a little bit of time, but they announced it officially today. One, I hope Scotty Davenport keeps things rolling there for a long time. Yeah, I didn't think he would still be. Still a spring chicken. Yeah. Still got plenty of time. I think he just wanted to get this set in stone because, look, things happen, in especially now, where the little guys getting picked on in college sports. with the. I mean, they lost Dylan Penn, who was their best player last year, to Vermont because they can't play in the NCAA tournament. Maybe they can, maybe they can't. They're still trying to make that work for next Let year. Let them play. Little guys are still going to, you know, it, it's the downside of the new transfer rules. If, you, if Bellarmine lucks into a kid that the big boys just missed on and he averages 28 points per game one season, there's a solid chance he's going to transfer somewhere else, and that yeah. can wreck programs. Yeah, Steph Curry ain't staying at Davidson until his junior year anymore. Probably not. No. It's a, Brother it's, sure as hell didn't. Well, no. <laughs> Why would you stay at Liberty? Get out of there. <laughs> and then lose to us by 20 in the Elite Eight. Um, but so, you know, things happen, and programs can go that have the ball rolling really well at a level like the Atlantic Sun. A couple bad years can just derail everything. And so I think Scott Davenport wanted it in writing. Like, if something happens and I'm, I'm, I'm done, Doug's the coach. Um, I think they're going to keep killing it because they've got all the momentum in the world. Scotty's won 
I mean, he took over a program that hadn't done a whole lot at the D2 level, turned them into a D2 national champion. Mm -hmm. They transitioned seamlessly into D1. They were a conference champion in their second year. They almost won a regular season title in their first year. And so to have, I think he's going to keep going for a long time. But when he does choose to call it a career, or if he gets, I don't mean, maybe he wants to, you know, there was talk about him potentially getting the Louisville job. Maybe he's he looks at a bigger job. It takes a, I don't know, like last chance to, to be a coach at a big-time program for a few years. It's nice to know that I think the ball will continue to roll with Doug at the helm. Uh, it's a cool thing. I love that the family has been so involved in the program. Um, Doug's an awesome guy. He's a terrific, terrific coach, great basketball mind, and I'm happy to hear that he's going to have that position whenever Scotty does choose to walk away. Yeah, I mean, the only thing that really surprised me when I saw that was, like, because I just – I don't know. I mean – I think Sky Dampart, I just don't think any time, like, anywhere in the near future, I'm retiring. Like, I just, I feel like he's there for, like, another 10 years or so. Like, I, yeah, I mean, it's, I, it's a safe assumption. And just so, I mean, the, name, the announcement, like, and then I started thinking, well, then again, Jay Wright just retired out of nowhere. I mean, Roy Williams, granted, I guess I'm assuming much older than, than Scott. I mean, he just kind of retired, you know, on a whim in an offseason. Maybe he's thinking his time is shorter than we're expecting, but. You never know. Uh, yeah, you, you don't. But that was kind of the first thing I thought was, you know, wasn't like, oh, why would you do that? And at first it was, wow, I didn't know Coach Wendy was still doing a thing. But, you know, that also tells you something. Usually when a guy was named Coach in Waiting, more often than not it was because the school didn't want him to leave. So maybe I'm assuming maybe some people were giving Doug a call. Wanting to Could take, be. Like, hey, we'd love to have you here. And the weird thing about Coach in Waiting is a lot of times when schools have tried to make that happen – the coach still ends up leaving because the head coach takes too long. No, it only happened one place. Well, Mike Hopkins left Syracuse to no, become the head yeah. coach of Washington. But who was the the head coach? The football, the right there, over there is the only guy that ever. Joker Phillips yeah, was it. the only one that actually got to be the coach. It's, yeah, it, it, it rarely ever. There's a well. I think uh, Pat Knight did it when Bob Knight left. You're right. Tech. You are. Right. I didn't know he was coaching waiting, but and yeah, that you're didn't right. work out very well. I guess same thing with uh, Eddie and Sean, right? I think that I think you're right. Yeah, I don't know if they get. I don't know if those were coaches in waiting though. I know but, Pat Knight was. Okay. I know that they had like that was a story. But yeah, the big ones you mentioned. You mentioned your boy, um, the guy at Syracuse going to Washington, uh-huh. Hopkins. Uh, James Franklin comes to mind. And then who was the the guy who left Houston to to become the head coach of Texas? Uh, who was supposed to be the next big thing? Well, no, Tom Herman's left. Herman was he was the head coach that used to know. But he was going to be the he was named the head coach of waiting somewhere else before he left for the Houston job. Uh, was I it Oklahoma? No, I think you're thinking of the guy that was at Texas that left for. Oh, Herman, Herman was named the head coach in waiting at Texas. Oh, but that's then he what it was. left okay. to become head coach at Houston. Yes, okay. and then came, ended up coming back to Texas. Yeah, I, was, I knew Texas had an, a head coach in waiting that didn't wait around. And that's usually how it goes. Like it just seems like it's something in writing to to like I don't know. It just it, no, I guess. But this is a little bit different. Like we're talking about Bellarmine men's basketball. It's a little bit different than Texas football. I think Jimbo Fisher was head coach in waiting at Florida State. Also, though, I think you're right. I think that sounds right. And I mean, then of course he just did them pretty dirty and bounced. But I mean, but again, <laughs> seems to be kind of a thing. But he did he did get the job. Yeah. So I guess him. They're they're few and far between. Him and Joker are very two of the. Exceptions to the rules are where it actually worked out, and the head coach. <laughs> neither of those, I guess, it worked out okay for Florida State a little bit. They did get a national title out of it, but I mean, Lane Kiffin was named head coach and waiting at Alabama, and he was there for like what, one year. Yeah, uh, I didn't realize this. Kellen Sampson, Kelvin Sampson's son, has been named head coach and waiting at Houston. Oh, he's gonna be waiting a while, I think. I just, yeah, like Kelvin Sampson's not that old. No, I can't see him leaving anytime soon either. I mean, why would he? Unless he just wants to. I mean, he's at the peak, he's at the top of his game. Houston, he's got Houston as good as it's been in thirty years. Yeah, Jimbo Fisher was named head coach in waiting at Florida State in two thousand seven. 
Did he take over like 14? Will Muschamp at one point was named Texas yes. head coach in waiting. That's what it was. That's who I was thinking, not Herman's. It was Muschamp. Coach in waiting. Everybody, how many coaches in waitings were there have been like a, a, a five year span? There was so like there's a whole story now that I'm looking at. Coach in waiting is now the hot fad in college sports. This is from oh, 2008. Yeah. It's huge. Virginia Everyone Tech did. had a head coach in waiting. Gene uh, Gene Hooks. I've never heard of him. I haven't either. Uh, Al Gro was the head coach in waiting at uh, Virginia. Wait a minute. I thought he really. Apparently, I thought he came over from the Jets. Is like. Chip Kelly will succeed Mike Bellotti as at Oregon. He's the head coach that, of waiting there. That one I I do remember now. Yeah, because he was he worked under Bellotti at, at New Hampshire as well. Like hardly any of the any of these came to fruition. Well, Kelly did, yeah, but yeah, but I I don't think that this is we're bringing this up, I and mean, these are all very different situations than the Bellarmine men's basketball program, which is in its second year in Division One. Also, football we're naming too. Yeah, there, there, not there a was, whole lot of men basketball. There was very few in basketball. Yeah, but congr- anyways, congrats. We got off track. Shockingly, congrats to Doug. I think yeah. it's a cool thing. I'm glad Bellarmine went ahead and put it in writing. Way to bring official. it back. Bring back coaching waiting, baby. Bring it back. Bring he's, it back. He's making it happen. <laughs> he's gonna bring it back. Texter says. Oh, God, this guy's just now finding a bunch of Trevor tweets from the past. This one says, even as an Eagles fan, I feel bad for Detroit Lions fans. <laughs> <laughs> what year was that from? I don't know. He cut off the year. Oh, I don't remember saying that. <laughs> I tweeted a lot back in like 08 to 10. Like oh I, I tweeted a bunch in the first couple years of Twitter. Uh, Texas <laughs> says, my wife was a Clay County Tiger. Every time I the Tiger comes on, she tells me how they played it at every basketball game. It's like she's never told me before. We've been married for 17 and a half years. <laughs> Conversely, I went to Mayo, and our unofficial school song was Atomic Dog. Was it? I didn't know that. St. X always played Eye of the Tiger. Like every football, like I remember freshman football you driving should. into their, their stadium. They were just blasting Eye of the Tiger. Freshman year. Yeah. And like if you go to Trinity, it did that We Will Rock You. Nah, we didn't, not, not that much. They did. Really? You'd think, but not that much. Oh, man. When I had to work the, the, the when I first, my, the year I had to work the board for Trinity Games, I had to produce the, the broadcast. And um, I forget his name now to save my life. The guy does the play-by-play for the, the Wayne Krause. Yeah, he's my grade school teacher. Yeah. Oh, I want, I want, I, I, I will rock you on everything. Like I'm like, come on, I can think of some other songs. Yeah, let's. Stuff. No, no, no. It's got to be I will rock you. I'm like, I will rock you. Okay. The lesser-known version. <laughs> yes. I will, I will rock you by King. Yeah. <laughs> Texas, I've got a uh, movie suggestion for TK. I'm always open for that. Probably seen it. It's called This Is the Night on Netflix. Just watched this movie a month ago or two ago. The entire premise is about a family finding new life motivations after watching Rocky III in 1982. Not the best movie, but it had some good moments. I thought that was a miniseries on HBO. You're thinking of the... Um, so it, had, it had the guy that played know, Jesus and Big Lebowski in it. I watched it. It's not... That's not the... That wasn't the name of the series. That miniseries so. was really good, though. It I was remember. good. It got a little bit weird. Yeah. I remember... I, I haven't watched it since it first came out, but I do remember liking it. It was something about End of the Night. The Night of? Maybe that's what it was. or something like that. It was, I, it was a little miniseries. I liked it. The only thing that I didn't like was how the main character... Um, Nas, I think Nas, Nas. I forget, yeah. He had a short name. He went from like this like little guy who's terrified of, of life in the jail and, and I can't believe I got here. I don't know how it's got. And then like in ten minutes, he was like the ultimate badass in jail. He was like beating everybody up who everybody respected. They did not develop that storyline at See, all. I don't remember. I, I I just remember what, I've only seen it once. I have to watch things multiple times to memorize. But the, I remember just the one time they liking it. So maybe I should go back and watch it. I've had people tell me the We Own the City. I would like. 
What's that about? Uh, it's something new. I think it's from the same people. One of the guys that cre- one of the wire creators was involved in it. Okay. Um, it's still being released right now, so I'm going to wait until it's fully out for one full season. Uh, but sort of that, I've, I've heard good reviews. And what was like, repeat again the reviews from the texture though? We own the night. Um, this is the night. This is the night. Yeah. All right, I'll give it a shot. I've, I've been I've been kind of stretching for movies to watch the last couple of nights, so I, I might give it a chance. Texture says about it, masterpiece. Yeah. <laughs> about that it. About it. I'll never forget. Um, we went to. So I played. I was a year younger, but we, I played football growing up with uh, Andy Aaron's. Now, Aaron's... Oh, played at Mayo. Orthodontist. No, his brother Jerry played at Mayo. Oh, is that what it was? Andy okay. played at Ballard. Ballard, yeah. But we went to grade school together. And Wow, how do I remember? I can remember that as the reason. I can't remember. They, hey, the Aaron's brothers lit it up. But oh, they were, yeah. Andy was really good. I, I was his backup quarterback in fifth and seventh grade. He's a year older than me. So, like, when he went to high school, he went to, he ended up going to Ballard. And we I went to his first game because he was going to play. He played as a freshman at quarterback for Ballard. And they played – I can't even remember who it was. It was, like, some team from out in the, the sticks, like, some mm-hmm. county team. And they came running out to, like, their little fights on. They've got, like, 50 cra- – and, like, all of a sudden, like, when Ballard comes out, it's like, boom, don't make me call the dogs. And it, <laughs> they played uh, How You Do That There. And, like, this came out. Like, they all had this, like, this, like, stomp together. They had, like, No Limit Soldiers spray-painted on their field. I was like, this is just ultimate culture clash. But it was wonderful. I loved it so much. Sounds like pure Ballard. Our guy Keith <laughs> Wynn was on that team. Okay. Not, yeah. not Ken. Not Ken. Like, I think Ken was probably gone at that point. Maybe if he wasn't, he was way better than Keith. We know that. We've him, established that. Him and Aaron's are talking about living in the shadow of their brothers. <laughs> I don't know. Andy was pretty good. Andy was good, but Jerry, I think Jerry would because Jerry played at Louisville, right? I think he walked on at Louisville. Well, yeah, he walked. He went to Arkansas first. Yeah, and I thought and then I, I think you're right about walk on, but I mean, he was at Louisville in general. I think, or at least, yeah, believe you're on. correct. Uh, Aaron's great family. Love them. Uh, yeah, I'm just kidding, Andy. Andrew. Texas says Tom Herman was OSU, not Texas. That's what I thought. Yeah, he was an offensive corner at OSU. I knew he was coaching waiting somewhere. I don't but, know. He, and was not, he coaching waiting at Ohio State though? I'm pretty sure. See, I'm thinking because Muschamp was who I was thinking of for Texas, and when you said Herman's, I just thought I mixed up. But I knew he was. I thought he was at Ohio State under Trestle. This guy's just scrolling through all of your your tweets. He <laughs> said some good ones. He says, "Now you're back in Mike's good graces." You tweeted, "Even DePaul's cheerleaders are well below average looking." <laughs> Come on, that's a good. T- that's a good tweet. Oh my goodness, that's a. <laughs> that's when I man, I remember when Wagner stopped doing cheerleading trials and just let anybody sign up. That was when I was just like. I'm okay. Done. Okay. <laughs> Let's take a break. When we come back, uh, we'll get back more to the Thornton sex line. Aside from people unearthing old Trevor tweets, which is a very, it's a very tight rope we're walking here. I, I'm, I'm, I don't think I'm I very really concerned about anything it. Anything derogatory too much? I hope not. Sort of the first one. We'll find out. I'm sure after the break. It's coming up next here on 1450 and 961 The Big X. Why don't you turn it around? It might be easier to please me. And there's a Listen, maybe you can help. I think I give a lot of problems my consideration, but not for me. I was sending people somewhere else. 
Little raconteurs. That it is. Was the last song Spoon? No. I feel like there's been Spoon on here at one point. No. Very Spoonish. We could have been Spoonish. This is the only band. I don't know who slash Spoon group. is. You know the Spoon? I don't know who Spoon is. We get by in backstreet places. Very OC. Very once again early two thousands. You love the OC. I love the OC. That is like your. Is that, would that be would that fall under a guilty pleasure? Yes. Okay. Absolutely. Like I, you don't have to be embarrassed by it, but I guess because I have no problem admitting my what I would call guilty pleasure. Oh, I don't know. I mean, I mean, I, like I loved Melrose. I'm not like Jerry. I, I'll admit I loved Melrose Place. People know this about me. I watched a, all kinds of nine hundred two Longtime Car Chronicle fans will know this about me. How uh, uh, like into Laguna Beach I was when it came out on MTV. <laughs> Like that time. I feel that, that 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 those were my versions of Melrose and and now to and like the teen dramas. This was because this was reality show, but it changed, oh, that's reality. It changed okay. the game. Sorry, in reality show. It was the first one where they didn't have like confessionals. Like they just like filmed people. And it sort of so it, people thought that they were acting, but they really weren't. Anyways, <laughs> very excited about the Stephen Kristen podcast coming out this summer. It's oh, huge so, news in my world. I didn't know Laguna. I thought Laguna Beach was more of a because um, then it became the hills, and the hills became a big thing. And then I see. I, I always thought. I, got I remember the, hearing the name. I always just thought it was kind of like an OC. It was like it's the teen drama. Well, it was based off of. It was originally promoted as Laguna Beach, the real Orange County. So they were just they were sort of doing a real world. But they were piggybacking off of the success of the OC. Okay. To try to make like a reality show that like this is the real OC. Did the OC open up the floodbanks to those shows? Oh yeah. In the, like when you had the movie Orange County come out and everything and. Uh, the uh, I think Orange County was before the OC. Okay, because the OC came out when I it started when I was in college. Orange County the movie came out my senior year of high school. Okay, because I love I still do love Orange County. I watched it a few months ago. Then you had like the uh, housewives trend that started where everyone's and Orange County was the first one. Or or they were ones pretty sure. I think it's the only one I've ever seen any episodes of. Uh, Who do I I think some people claim Survivor, but Real World opened the floodgates to reality television, right? Yeah, Survivor was the first reality game show though. The first like okay, real yeah, big yeah, reality that's true, game show. Yeah, was well, it any game show a reality game show in a way? True, fair point. I mean, <laughs> but you know what I mean. Like, yeah, I agree. Combining yeah. the world of game shows with reality shows. But you, who who would you credit because because uh, Real World was out for years and no one else like duplicated it. But after Survivor, that's kind of when the floodgates did open. Right, and then you had Big Brother and all those different and, shows, and we still to what we get to this day. Yeah, all yeah. all the way peaking to maybe I guess. American Idol would be a, if you were going to do a, uh, a, a, a a a giant mountain with four faces on it. I don't I won't repeat because I don't use that. I hate using that uh, in, in radio. Yeah, I guess what would be on what would be your four on there of so reality? Are code? you asking me to do Mount Rushmore radio? Of, of yes, I am. May twelfth, mark it down. First day of the off season. Trevor Kelsey resorted to Mount Rushmore radio. God, there it is. You it. did it. I hate it. You you you're doing it. I hate to say everything about it. I even hate the state of South Dakota. Now you're doing it. This it is, is South, on you. This is South so you want my Mount Rushmore <laughs> of reality shows? Yeah, who would be on it? Pro- I'd have to go. Like, these aren't shows that I actually like. Well, that, that, that's fine. It, it doesn't, I'm not asking you to give your personal. I'm asking for, yeah. In terms of cultural impact and popularity and just, yeah, things like that. Um, I'd say Survivor. Survivor? I would say Real World. Yeah. I think we named three of the four already. I would say, because I mean, personal preference, like I love Laguna Beach, but it wouldn't be on there. Can't be on Mount Rushmore no, reality shows. No, but American Idol should be. American, yeah, I'm with you. American Idol, those versus are, American Idol was big. Yeah, those are the three. Like, who, and who's and number who four? Be, who would be, 
Because um, almost anybody that's four is kind of a spinoff of the three we just named, right? Yeah. I mean, in a way. I mean, unless, would you count Jerry Springer's show as reality television? No. Okay. Because, I mean, that would be... So we're looking for the Roosevelt. <laughs> is that fair? Would Roosevelt be fourth on that pecking order? Uh, who else is on Mount Rushmore? I forget. It's Lincoln. Lincoln, Jefferson, and... Um, uh, oh, God, this is bad. Well, Washington. Okay, Washington, right? Washington yeah. is the real world, because he was first. Okay. I would say Lincoln is American Idol, maybe, or Survivor. Which one would you give him? He's one. He's got to be one of those two. I'm trying to think. I think I would go American Idol. Yeah. And who else is in Jefferson? Jefferson would be Survivor. Okay. And then we're looking for the Roosevelt. Are you sure Roosevelt is in Survivor? No, Roosevelt's not Survivor. Right. Roosevelt's whoever's fourth. Okay. Love you, Teddy. But I mean, Teddy. I mean, the Rough Riders thing's a little much. <laughs> Who is the fourth impactful kind of a poser reality show? This is a good question. I mean, there's got to be someone. I mean, this there's is somebody classic May twelfth. It's not. It's not the next great white rapper, which is the only one I watched and loved. Adventures in Hollywood. Hallelujah, holla back. I'm the king of suburbia. Because like that was awesome, John. Holler to John Brown. Loved you. I mean, road rules. But that's just kind of a... I know it was yeah, all super... <laughs> now I've got to look at, like, most impactful reality There's got to be... There's got to be some sort and of Yeah, and then somebody watches reality show, because I'm not one that watches it, that, so I can't think of, like, creative things. I mean, well, what about the... Um, okay, what would you consider, like, maybe, like... Um, what was the one with um, the yeah. girl from... Uh, with Flavor Flav and Bridget Nelson. No, not Flavor of Love. But but those kind of shows, like the relationship no, no, reality no, no, show, no, you wouldn't no, put no, that on no, there? No, 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 okay. no, 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 no. Who was the person to do that, really? I mean, maybe The Apprentice, honestly. I forget that was even a show sometimes. Like Shark Tank was a big deal, or still is a big deal. Big Brother was a big deal. But big, yeah. I mean, but Big Brother is, a, is to me, is, again, offshoot of... I'm with you. I think the first three are easy. I think the fourth one's tough. It is. We need help. Top Chef? <laughs> America's Next Top Model Health Kitchen I think my relationship one's more more than that you know what it is what? Bachelor ooh that's a good one yeah slash the Bachelorette well there you go uh, Finding the Love thing yeah. yep Bachelor I would go yeah right I would go They're poor Roosevelt. Roosevelt that's Roosevelt poor Roosevelt's the Bachelor yeah he deserves it I told you they, uh, when when I tried out for Sports Jeopardy in Chicago <laughs> no and I was well I mean I did <laughs> Okay. But like it was at like this hotel, like the Westin in on Michigan Avenue. That's a really nice hotel. And I, after my tryouts, I'm walking around. I mean, just engulfed in beautiful women, all in like sundresses and just. I mean, I thought I just like I died and gone to heaven. I'm like, this is awesome. It turns out the floor right below where our tryouts were, they were doing tryouts for the Bachelorette. Oh, and like yeah, I'm, I'm sitting there going, I just didn't. I just unfortunately, my dream of making Sports Jeopardy did not come true. And this is my consolation prize. Like, should I try to go get on The Bachelorette? <laughs> when I first started dating Mary, people like, always told like her she needed to go on The Bachelorette. People like, always up? told her she needed to go on The Bachelorette. And I could not have been more offended. I'm like, she's got a boyfriend. I'm like, I'm like we're dating. Like, you should go on The Bachelorette. I'm like, well, right here. It's kind of like, like when Will uh, Ferrell introduces his wife to Marky Mark. Um, yeah. <laughs> no, really. Where's your husband? Very your similar. I'm like, <laughs> like, there's no way this is going to pan out. He's a blogger. 
Uh, yeah, I was I, I was like Wolf, speaking of Wolf Power, I was like him and Night the Roxbury during the Bachelor. I was like walking around, just like what's up, what's up, what's up, what's up. I'm just not checking the text line. The text line got to Bachelor way faster than we did. Well, like yeah. everybody, Bachelor, Bachelor, except one guy in the middle, Flavor of Love, and then one guy at the end, Cops. <laughs> Ooh, now Cops isn't a bad one though. I never went to a skating party where they didn't request Bad Boys <laughs> in the early '90s. Is that a fight song too? Bad, better than Eye of the Tiger. Oh come on, you're full of crap on I'm that not. one. I'm not. Uh, the cops is an interesting debate, though. I'm I'm gonna stick with Bachelor with you, but I think Jerry Springer has more of a case than cops. You're but, right, yeah. But that um, also was not really a like, real true reality. I show. mean, it's, yeah, it's it's a different style of reality. Yeah, that's no way it's a different form of reality. How do we end up? Where I, live? I have no I have no plans <laughs> of talking about this. I don't know how how this happened. <laughs> I don't even remember what started the conversation. I don't know where this text came from either. <laughs> this t- texter, I, I love the question. Who the hell is the most corrupt politician in Louisville? I'm not giving the bastard to click. I don't even know what that's in reference to. Who's the most corrupt? I have no idea where that came from. Is that a KRC text? My cousin's apparently a, uh, a manager for somebody running for mayor. Can we ask? Can I ask which? I can't remember. Can you already allowed to say? I mean, actually, she asked me if, we'd, if we would have him on the radio show, and I was like, yeah. Got to give equal time. Uh I can't remember his name. It's like Hayes or something. He's running for a Republican side. Well, he's not going to win. But she's his campaign manager. And I saw her at Mother's Day, and I was like, have you ever been a campaign manager? She's like, no. Sounds like it's going great. I was like, how did you get the job? She's like, I met him at Bible study, so he just hired me. I'm like, this sounds like a guy I'm really looking forward to his decision making. I think, <laughs> you know what? I take it back. I want him on the show. I, I want him. Bring him on the show. He played a Bellerman. Bring him on the show. We'll do it. We'll ask him about Doug Davenport and coach him waiting. I'll make. I'll, I'll text her tomorrow and see if she wants to have him on. I love that this guy still. It's the same guy who gave you a movie suggestion for Netflix, which I have to I have to go back and look at that text. I already forgot something about tonight. I don't remember that. I've been thinking for months that TK reminded me of Cliff Clavin from Clavin from Cheers, and then he hammered it home, telling me that he tried out for Jeopardy. Oh yeah, Cliff Clavin's awesome. I don't I know. I met it. Cliff Clavin. Did you? There you go. The the evidence continues. He came in when I was working at Chicken. Oh, apparently. Do you, do you the, remember Chicken? What? Remember Chicken? No. It's on River Road. It burned down years ago. It was a great place to eat. I, I worked don't. there for a while. Apparently, the uh, we have a commercial that runs on every commercial that has. It's the most corrupt politician. <laughs> oh, commercial. that's right. I forgot that. Yeah, it's like a woman's voice. She sounds. See, sexy. we don't hear the commercials in our ears when it goes. to Yes, birth. but I I know them because I produce most of them. i mean i didn't produce that one but i had to like you know move it in the log and everything where were you on that one a-hole so i, I, I kind of forgot it was in the, the rotation i haven't seen the only ones that i hear are the ones that troy sent like when, when we had the phil rich makes it rain he sent that He's to me ahead of time. and like so that's the only reason when people bring that up on the text line that i know what they're talking about because well, you don't listen to the station outside of the show i listen to the KRC podcast i'm not listening seven to nine live <laughs> some i mean sometimes i do for snippets when i'm driving the kids home from uh or to school but it's that's like ten minutes. When I've been away from the show from you, I've li- I'll listen to it on the stream, so I hear commercials sometimes. Okay. But I get I do hear them all the time because I have to listen to them before I put them on the air. I mean, and I, but I did forget about that one. Texas says Jeff Greer seems to be very high on Malachi Smith. What are your thoughts? Also, I'm having second thoughts on Amani Bates. Not the fact that we have to wait, but that he's just trying to make this more of an event than it really is. Uh, first point: Greer is very high on Malachi Smith. Malachi okay. Smith is the transfer from Chattanooga. Okay, he you know, he helped them beat Furman who beat us this year in the SoCon championship game. He averaged uh, more than 20 points per game this year. Um, he's got kind of an interesting backstory. He was sort of disenchanted with basketball a couple of years ago and just kind of walked away and then came back and was welcomed back with open arms and has been fantastic ever since. He, I understand Greer's point 
about he ranks them ahead of Tyrese Hunter in, in terms of who he thinks Louisville needs. He's not necessarily saying that really? Malachi Smith is a better player than Hunter. Mm-hmm. He's just saying, look at Louisville's roster right now. They need not just a facilitator. They need some outside shooting. Malachi Smith, he's more of, of L. Ellis than Tyrese Hunter in that he can play the one and the two. He's not a natural point guard, but he probably can handle it well enough to, to play the point if need be. But he's a great outside shooter. And that's something that Louisville desperately needs right now. They, they need... We, we've got to find shooting. We saw last year what could happen when you don't have, well, the last two years really, when you don't have outside shooting, it just the offense can get stagnant and people can collapse on you. Mm-hmm. And it's great that we have so much front court talent, but nobody's going to, like, we're not going to have enough space for those guys to operate if nobody's respecting anybody's outside shot. So he thinks Malachi Smith is a would be a bigger get for Louisville than Tyrese Hunter or Amani Bates, even if the other guys are rated higher than Smith. He also thinks that Louisville's going to, I think put more of a full court press on Smith in the coming weeks. Cause Smith right now is going through the NBA process. He's not really doing the whole, I'm sure he's hearing from schools and talking to schools, but he's just focused on the NBA process. Mm-hmm. He's not on anybody's big board. He didn't get an invite to the combine. I can't imagine that he's going to keep his name in the draft. So I would expect to hear more about him in the coming weeks. There is a little hiccup here in that. I think there was some talk that him like Isaiah Mosley not big fans of potentially playing with Imani Bates. That's been out there a little bit. Imani Bates pissed off everybody. Not sure how, how true that is. Not sure. Paul is the only one else going after him. Not sure how true that is, but we'll find out. As far as the Bates thing is concerned, I, I think I've seen more Louisville fans kind of take the same approach as this texter in saying, like, I was excited about him at first, but if this is going to become a big production and we're going to have to wait, then, like, he hasn't really done enough to justify that. And I totally understand it. I st- like my stance that I've had for the last few weeks is still where it is. Like this may be, it could wind up looking like a mistake, but I think the the reward potentially weighs, outweighs the, the risk. That said, it is a little bit annoying that like, if it's true that it's kind of a done deal and he's picking us, because right now the only school is actively recruiting, like Eastern Michigan, they're kind of they've been the latest to reach out to some college basketball people and be like, "We're not really like, <laughs> we're not really in this." I mean, you got to look yourself in the mirror when Stan Heath won't take you. Stan Heath is, is kind of like, eh, I, don't, I don't know. I mean, that says a lot about you. Apparently, it's just us and DePaul, and maybe <sighs> what you said is true. Maybe Imani Bates is kind of waiting for some other schools to to, at least. to get it in the mix, maybe to expand his options, but. With him waiting until mid-June, it eliminates the possibility of him being here for the start of summer practice. Like He's not going to be able to enroll in that first summer session, which I think starts May 30th. So he couldn't predict, you know, once the first summer session starts, teams are allowed to have one full practice per week and they can do individual workouts throughout the week. He wouldn't be able to be a part of that. And, and he needs it. And he does. Like You need to, if you're trying to build culture, which Kenny Payne talked about at length um, multiple times this week, most recently today on, on Packer and Durham, if you're trying to build that culture, you need to have as much of your roster in place as early as possible as you can. Like we saw that like last year we had guys join. You saw how behind the eight ball Sidney Curry was when the season started. You forget he didn't even sign with Louisville until, until mid June. He missed the first two summer sessions. So he missed out on all that workout. And we had guys that just weren't in, in, in lock sync together once the season started. And it, we were slow to get go- – we never really got going, actually. Yeah, I mean, our coach is missing going in and out. I mean, yeah, it was It was just the entire season was a cluster bleep. So, like, I don't know what the rationale behind Bates waiting is. If it's as much of a done deal as some people seem to think it was a couple of weeks ago, 
it's it does annoy me that he's not going to just go ahead and make this thing a, a, like done and so he can be here from day one for the start of the, the upcoming season. But if he really is trying to just, I don't know, he hasn't taken an official visit here. He wants to take that official visit in mid-June, uh, wants to weigh his options out, then then so be it. But it's certainly, it's not the best case scenario for this whole thing to play out. I'm, I'm, I'm really not confused, but inquisitive on why like guys like Mosley and, and Malachi Smith don't like Bates. Like, I mean, they were already in college when Bates was in middle school. I mean, they didn't play with him. I don't think at any level. Neither are from Michigan. Like they, I just, I, it's so weird. Like they, they don't like him just because it's like from what they've read. Maybe. I mean, I, I mean, think they're worried about having like their usage numbers. Like I think they're worried that he's okay. going to take dominate too much of the ball. Like that's that's just me guessing. That's no, not no, me you're right. I mean, yeah, it is the guesses because I'm like, if you were like, oh well, you know, they have connections because they played at U or something or. You know they were. You know, no, I mean you're right. Both yeah, those guys would have been. Have, I mean, they in college may, when he was in seventh grade. Yeah, and eighth grade. And maybe they played against Memphis at one point this year between Chattanooga and I don't know. I don't know who all Memphis played out of conference, but yeah, it just seems bizarre that they would like. If there is truth to that, there could it could be just rumor, but if there is truth to it, it just make, it makes me confused and like wondering, like why they would just. Just don't maybe don't like maybe tweeted stuff they don't like. I well, don't know. The, I think it would be more along the lines of I mean all these guys of a certain age know each other. I guess. And there were... But they're also like, you said, like three, they're three or four right, years old. Right, but, but hold on. The There were many reports during the season that Memphis players, the older Memphis players on the team, sort of thought that Amani kind of talked down to them. Like, this is the way it's going to go. This is the way it's going to be. That he just did not have... He disrupted the team chemistry. Mm. Which is sort of evidence in the fact that they were... I think nine and eight when he oh yeah they were awful yeah. when he was got quote unquote hurt and then they ripped off twelve out of thirteen when he kind of left the team yeah Penny's throwing people under the bus left and right and so backing I mean, it up and reversing word spreads in college basketball circles that's true so I mean you've I got that. some older guys in that team who probably had older guy friends that they translated their thoughts These to two players being examples of older guys sure and, and yeah. I mean, word spreads throughout the college basketball yeah, world and maybe that. maybe that became a thing maybe they heard the same stories that have i mean if, if you and i have heard some stories then i'm sure that they, they have they've to, probably yeah. heard some stories and worse versions as well and and who knows and maybe this is all kind of conjecture i think the, the isaiah mosley thing was more out there than than the malachi smith thing as far as mosley that being sort of a red flag for him picking louisville but Smith, there's a little bit out there too. Some people saying the same things who cover recruiting. Um, we'll see. Also, maybe with, it's all overblown. With, you never know. And I, I don't. I've watched less Smith than I have, obviously, of Hunter. But like, if, if I, I find it hard to believe that he would be better fit for Louisville. If you want to say, and you're being Greer, being like he's a better individual player than Hunter, I can get that maybe. Well, he's kind of saying the opposite. But, okay, I thought you were saying he was like... He's saying he's a better fit for Louisville, but he's maybe not the best. He's not a better player than Tyrese Hunter, but because he's more see, of yeah, a shooter... Yeah, that's why I find it hard to believe. I don't think... I can't see him how he, Louisville would be better off. Louisville, I feel, needs a player unlike Hunter more than they would need someone like maybe Smith. I agree with you, but I, I see where he, where he's coming from is Tyrese Hunter is not a... Like, the worst part of his game right now is his outside shooting. And Louisville right now needs a significant boost in outside shooting. Malachi Smith we can give you use it. Yeah. Malachi Smith can give you a little bit of a not a, even a little bit, a solid boost in the ball handling facilitator area, but a major boost in the outside shooting area, whereas Tyrese Hunter can give you a major boost in the facilitator area running a show and also defensively defensively is the big thing for me you know me i love the you know where i come from so i'm always going after the guy that plays defense more 
But Smith is Smith's also like he's got he hit the game winning shot in the SoCon championship game. Um, yeah, I remember they hit the the yeah. The, the, brilliant, like he's he Great has beater. he is kind of the guy that you can turn to in clutch situations and know that he's been there, done that, and historically reliable in those types of situations. I think he he definitely fills a lot of the voids on the current roster. But if I if you're asking me still to pick one or the other, I'm taking Tyrese Hunter. Which although that dream seems to be slipping depending on who you talk to yeah well i think it's no, who you talk to i think it's pretty much anyone you talk to at this point Texas says the only reason i want base is so we don't lose to nepal but honestly <laughs> i don't want him for his basketball abilities well you know we all we all have our reasons that's <laughs> he does like i said this the very first day we started discussing this like if he wants to go to nepal it's not hard to see how i think this thing will play out like because DePaul's gotten these types of players before, guys that won were at one point in time like big deals in recruiting worlds. Who's, and it's been a while since that's happened. I mean, they, but they like they've had four or five. They had Charlie Moore, who was a big deal at one point. Like who ended up playing at seventeen different schools. Yeah, isn't he at Miami now? Yeah, he was last season. Yeah, after going to Kansas too. <laughs> yeah, he literally played at four different schools in six years. <laughs> like they've had guys like that who've come up, and they've had. I mean, they've had draft picks in recent years. They had they had uh, Matt Koshwal. They've had Dar Tucker. They had um, going back Wilson Chandler. They've they've had guys that Wilson have been Chandler's super been talented. A while, though, though, it man. has, but like he, but he's still from that era where they've had good players, talented players, former decent recruits, and they finished last or second to last in the Big East all of those years. I'm surprised you pulled Quentin Richardson under your rear. Well, that was well, <laughs> yeah. still kind of they were. They at least made the tournament back. Then. Pat Kennedy. Who they haven't been making cheating, the tournament since yeah. then. But like you can see, like Amani Bates, I can see him. Like he fits his whole backstory, his whole everything about him right now fits more of the DePaul mold. Like you go there, you can take a billion shots. You're not going to have great efficiency numbers. DePaul's going to suck. You're going to go to the NBA or enter the NBA draft. You might not get picked, and we'll see how it plays out. If he's really serious about trying to become the player that people thought he was going to be four years ago, three years ago. If he wants to make a run at still being that type of transcendent talent or even like an, a good NBA player, Louisville's the obvious choice for him because Kenny Payne has taken these types of players in. He's gotten the most out of them. He's put all the the white noise surrounding them to the side. He's pushed the sycophants and handlers who don't have the kids' best interest at heart. He's pushed them to the side, and he's formed long-lasting relationships. Look at the way that people talk about him that are in the NBA now, about uh, the, the way that he handled them at Kentucky, the way that he handled them at Oregon. If Amani Bates wants to make a real run at this, I'm not just saying this because I'm a fan of the program. Like Louisville's the obvious choice. If he wants to keep doing what he's been doing for the last three years and Dean around and just kind of doing his own thing and putting up terrible stats, terrible shooting numbers, and not really getting any better, go to DePaul. I don't know. I just think, I mean, him going to DePaul is, I mean, and we've seen it in a couple of recent last few years where, and don't. If you're a fan of one of these schools, don't take it personal because I'm not saying I don't think DePaul fans are listening to this show. Or DePaul. But, yeah, like, I, I mean, automatically him going to DePaul brings to mind, you know, obviously Ben Simmons going to LSU. Or, it's worse than that. Or even Trey Young going to Oklahoma. It's worse than that. Or Cunningham going to Oklahoma State. Where all those guys, obviously, and by the way, of all those, only one made the tournament, I believe. And that was Oklahoma, barely. It's more Pat Baldwin going to Milwaukee. I mean, but, and yeah, he's obviously, you're going to say, Trevor, those guys were good. They made the NBA. They were number one picks in two out of three of them. Yeah, but I mean, it, the premise was they went to those schools so they could get a bunch of shots and just basically shoot the ball all day long. And Trey Young also so wasn't the, the, as the, nearly as highly touted as, as Simmons or Amari Bates. Trey Young was like he was like number twenty two in his class. No, he was he was higher than that, wasn't he? I mean, I don't think so, man. Like, I know he, Kentucky was really bitter they didn't get him. They wanted him, Walker. but he was he was not like a five star 
top five like can't miss NBA draft pick. Like he, he was, it was a surprise that he did what he did. He was when his dad like mocked the like the dorm rooms at UK. Was that what it, I, don't oh, yeah. I don't remember that. Story. Oh yeah, he made some kind of like tongue in cheek comment about the dorms. And Kentucky fans were just like, "Screw you! <laughs> Let's roll him out of here on a rail. He sucks anyway." <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it was, <laughs> I can't. And he, he backtracked on it, if I remember correctly, and was like, "I didn't mean it like that." I just, but he, he made some kind of like talking about how it was like their dorms were dirty or nasty or something like that. Yeah, he was twenty third in that class. Was he okay? Twenty four seven sports. I think maybe he was a later recruit. Maybe that's why he got so much hype because he was like one of the last guys kind of hanging on, possibly. Or I, I just remember him. There was, and maybe it's just because UK really wanted him, and me being on a UK show at the time with like DJ, I was hearing more about him and maybe getting him pumped up to me. I just remember because I, I remember writing a thing about him before the start of the season and that his like he was going to be an exciting player because he was short, but he was like took a bunch of shots. Like there were Steph Curry comparisons because yeah. he took a bunch of deep threes and he did like go to Oklahoma because he wanted to shoot the ball twenty five times a game. And there was a whole lot of like we're not sure how this is going to work, but he's probably going to be fun as hell to watch. And then he ends up becoming the first player in the history of college basketball to lead the nation in both scoring and assists. And I don't think anybody saw that coming. But also, his teammates kind of resented him. Oh yeah, but he, they, a lot of people didn't think they even belonged in the tournament. They got in like at a nine seed, and or then they something. lost to Seton Hall in the first round. Yeah, I mean, and all those guys transferred. Like now, Cam Augusti killed it at Miami. Uh, Brady Manick killed it at North Carolina. And oh, was he on that team too? Yeah, I guess he would have been. Yeah, I'm sure Lon Kruger was like, yeah, maybe I should use those guys a little bit. That's okay. All right, we talked over the top of the hour. Their coach's son took over. Yeah, we got to go to break when we. Come back five o'clock hours up next we'll get back to the text line i uh, will let trevor talk about uh, jeff brahm a you little got a bit list for me too don't you i've got a list for you that i think is going to be exciting and fun and make you mad which is always a good time <laughs> we'll do all that stuff coming up in the next hour to mike rutherford show on 1450 and 96.1 the big x This sounds like a song that you would hear at like, I don't know, 1 a.m. back at 4th Street Live. <laughs> this and, and, and Buck Cherry, Crazy B. <laughs> Every time I was ever at 4th Street. And you always look around at the girls that knew all the words and you're like, oh. Red flag. I've been to 4th Street Live one time ever. Really? Once ever. I got drugged there by, uh, not. Yeah, you don't strike me as like. I mean, a, I was on drugs. I feel but like I, you would have hated it. Oh, I despised it. Wait, you say I was on drugs? Well, she, I say she drugged me there, but I was like, you know. Was, <laughs> Afterwards. Was, yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, she made me go. And like, yeah, I mean, I tried to be the positive one because I knew if I was just going to be complaining about it, I wasn't going to get any when we got home. It's the right attitude. So like, but like, yeah, I mean, I'm like $20 to go into this bar for half an hour to wait. And that 30 minutes were in there, 20 of us waiting to pay for a $10 drink and. It was. It just. It's not my. I mean, it wasn't really my scene either. I liked it in college, but I had to be. You had. I had to have pre-gamed hard to make it down there because if you were even the slightest bit sober, you became far too aware of your surroundings. You had to just be wrecked before you got down there. You remember the Galleria that was there before? Of course. 
I, I spent more time at that than I ever did before Street Live. My, uh, I, used to, I used to go to the book. There's a bookstore at the gallery. I used to go get uh, my buddy of mine lived over near there. We would go there. My grandpa, um, former Courage Journal writer, John Ed Pierce, his office was in the Starks building right there. So okay. we would visit him sometimes down there. And the Starks building, I had to do some stuff in my brief and storied legal career where I have to go to the building. Smelled exactly the same as I remembered it as a kid. <laughs> I remember going rickety, worst elevators in Louisville. Like half the time they broke. A rickety elevator. <laughs> I mean, it took. 15 minutes to go from like floor one to floor seven uh, in that elevator. It was terrible. But, and I assume it's been like 10 years now since I've done that. So I assume it's still the same way. But shout out to the Starks building and the gallery and, and Four Street Live. Pour one out for the gallery. Love all of you. Yeah. Well, well done. Remember the gallery was good. I do love every now and then, like some of the Louisville Twitter, social media accounts will replay like the old news stories about when the gallery first opened, like revitalizing and revolutionizing <laughs> Louisville's downtown. And it's just so funny to see everybody going nuts. My favorite actually Facebook probably group I'm on is the Louisville then and now page. I'll give them a shout out. Oh, they have some good stuff there. They got some really good stuff. I love it. I love, especially when they, they, they come, they start doing like my area, like Westport road area. That's when I even start liking them more. Like I always appreciate the good Bargetown road and downtown stuff. But when they start doing like Westport road and where I grew up, it always brings back good, Warm and cu- uh, warm and cuddly flashbacks. All right, I've got a I've got a question for you. Trivia question. Okay, you know I love trivia. One of these current starting NFL quarterbacks is one of the thirty highest paid athletes in the entire world, and I want you to try to figure out which one it is. Okay, one of these four is one of these. I'm gonna give you four choices. Tell me which one is one of the thirty highest paid athletes in the entire world. Okay. Kirk Cousins. I mean, you make about twenty million. Yeah. Tua Tungavailoa. No. Carson Wentz. It makes a lot. Jared Goff. One of those three. One of those four. I'm leaning towards Goff and Cousins because of their contracts being much more than the other two. I'm going to say Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins is the 27th highest paid athlete in the entire world. I mean, he makes like $35 million this year. How did we, as a society allow this to happen i think golf makes around 28 so golf is not in the top 100 yeah i mean he's he's i mean he makes a, i mean he's in the he's well now it, i say he makes like 28 million dollars a year but then again that probably yeah isn't even in the top 20 of quarterbacks he's the 27th like we're talking like international like soccer formula one race that's tennis. amazing yeah he's the 27th highest paid athlete in the entire world there are <laughs> millions of professional athletes that get paid to play games across the world kirk cousins there are only 26 human beings that get paid more to play a game I mean, than did, he does. Did you not see that awesome Hail Mary at Michigan State to win the game? Incredible. It's unbelievable. It blows my mind. This, this is the same guy who was the fourth-round draft pick after they took RG3 number two in the draft, same season. Unbelievable. And that'd be Washington. Uh, I, yeah, I mean, and I know he makes a big guaranteed part of that deal, too. So, Do you I, have a guess as who the highest-paid athlete in the world is? Can you give me the sport as a hint? No. Okay. I, I want to say a soccer player, probably. But uh see Ronaldo? No. Is he even around anymore? Pele? Well, I mean Cristiano Ronaldo. There's Ronaldo was the Brazilian. Well, Pele's no. <laughs> <laughs> the highest paid athlete in the world is LeBron James. Number that, one. Now, does that count? Are we going going by their base their their salary in the sport? Salary and endorsements. Oh, okay. Well see that I would yeah. I mean, where about, where's Tom Brady at? He just signed like a four billion dollar deal to be on Fox. Tom Brady is number sixteen. Okay. Did you, you watch inside the NBA, by the way? Yeah, every now and then. I love it. It's great. The only thing that makes me mad is I can't like set my DVR to record it because it starts you know randomly with game times. <laughs> Charles Barkley, who's just my, an idol of mine, both on the court and off, talking about Tom Brady last night and saying how handsome a man he is. He said he can't look. He, I look him in the eye. And I'm like, 
I can't think. My my my. He's like when I when I talk to him, I got to look down. I look him in the eye. He's just too damn handsome. I love I love Shaq. So Barkley and Shaq are just so. I mean that show is. I would I've watched that more than I do watch some games. Oh, they're it's, they're fantastic. They're so great. I've got to call and I I love this guy. I know you you like him too. A lot of people don't, but I was listening to the uh, the Jeff Goodman on the the, the Fielder sixty eight podcast because they had Kenny Payne on. And he, <laughs> oh, Kenny Payne's doing the car wash, isn't he? He's, he's been all over the place this week. Yeah. But Goodman was talking about you know Charles Barkley. I don't even remember how it came up, but he was trying to make a point about why Charles is like this great, like really a great person. I believe. And it. Goodman, his, his whole rationale was like, I've met Charles like once or twice. We don't really know each other, but like every time he's driving around at the Final Four and like he sees me, he'll like lean his head out of the car and be like, "Hey, Jeff." <laughs> and that, that was his whole thing because he sees him, he recognizes him, and he says hi. I'm like, it's kind of my rationale too for how I think a person's a good person. I mean, he can't I, be bad. He knows my name and he says hi to me. That's that tells you that says a lot of things for especially a celebrity. <laughs> I, I mean, would love still. to be Charles Barkley. Mar- I bet Barkley be cool to me. I bet me and Barkley can hang out. I can see that. Like, my, at one point in time, my dad and Charles Barkley had a relationship. I mean, I try. I, 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 Do you I, want to know how? I attempted to see his childhood home. My dad wrote that book. I think I talked about, about this Kentucky. before, where he followed Kentucky around, and it was the year Charles Barkley was was on Auburn. They were so good. Well, they'd be eighty three or eighty four then. Yeah, they were good both years. Yeah. I think no, no, no. It, it was it was eighty four. Yeah, eighty four was because eighty three is the year they lost to yeah. Louisville, uh, and he was not covering the team then. But that so, was his SEC Player of the Year year. My dad tell, tells a fantastic story. He could tell it better than I can about the night before UK was going to play Auburn. Barkley snuck into UK's practice facility. And was like up in the rafters, like screaming at the UK center was Melvin Turpin. Oh, yeah. And like they're in the practice, and Joe B. Hall's trying to run stuff, and all of a sudden you just hear like, Melvin. Oh, I'll bet Barkley. Melvin. So crap, yeah. I'm going to score 100 on you, Melvin. And <laughs> Joe B. Hall was like yelling at the, grad, the graduate students. He'd be like, go up there and get his ass out of here. I love this. And like my dad's like, you could hear Barkley running and laughing, like while these people are like chasing him. <laughs> and like 10 minutes later, they think that he's like, he's gone, don't worry about it. He's like, 10 minutes later, we're trying to run practice again. You just hear, Melvin, you're scared of me, Melvin. You're terrified, Melvin. And Joe Hall's like, go get, go get his ass out of here. And he's like running and like laughing. And so my dad would interviewed Barkley for this book a bunch of times. And he said, he talked about, I think UK beat Auburn in the SEC title game. And he said, like, Charles was always so lively. And, and, he, and, like, my dad walked over to him, and he was just sitting there, like, on the floor. And, like, he looked up at my dad. He's like, Glenn, I ain't never going to win nothing. And, and my dad's like, and he didn't. Like, it ended up being, like, the, the part of his career. Yeah. But he had some, he's got some other great Barkley stories I would from that love year. to, yeah, yeah, I would love to just sit down. I mean, your dad wouldn't mind if I'm smoking a little bit, but I want to hear all the stories. <laughs> Be fine with it. All right, good. I but just... uh, LeBron James, highest paid athlete in the world. You're right. The next three are actually professional soccer players. Okay. Lionel Messi, Cristiano oh. Ronaldo, and Neymar. And then uh, I forgot about Neymar. Canelo Alvarez, the boxer, number Didn't five. Didn't he just get beat? Was that who fought? I, I don't keep. Is up that the one boxing. I think they were like it was all like a shocking upset because he got knocked out or something just Probably. recently? But he's like it, it's so funny to see like everybody else has like they have solid salaries, but endorsements play a big part of who, their total oh, I money. Imagine, yeah. Alvarez, eighty-four million dollars in salary, five million dollars in endorsements. That's just boxing. Like it's all for the purse that you get for you know, fighting. <laughs> uh, rounding out the top ten, Steph Curry, six. Hmm. Kevin Durant, seven. Okay. Roger Federer from tennis, eight. James Harden, nine. And Tiger Woods, even though he plays, he's played one tournament, is ten. Tiger Woods is still ten. He's eight point five million in salary. He's like sixty-five that, million. He's in like that ultra popular song on the top twenty-five list. 
that just it's not number Nothing one anymore, but just keeps fading slowly yeah. but surely. It's like we it's like a year later and it's still like circling around the top ten. Um, <laughs> Matt Stafford's eleven, which is kind of surprising. Well, he's got that big money for that new commercial he does about it's a life trade, life saving trade. Well, he has even he's seventy point three in salary, three million dollars in endorsements. I don't know if that's changed <laughs> that's with all, the whole like that's all the sprint money. It also shocks me to see Josh Allen one spot ahead of Tom Brady. Josh Allen's 15, Brady 16. Josh Allen from Buffalo? Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm getting to just clarify. I don't think it would be Jacksonville, but he did just sign a new contract, I believe. Some of Mahomes. I'm surprised Mahomes is right up there, too. Mahomes is 26, one spot ahead of Kirk Cousins. I mean, the quarterbacks are going to be on there because they're making, by far, hand over fist money right now. Yeah, Allen's con- like, he's above Brady because... Allen's salary Brady, right now is sixty-two point five million, yeah. and Brady's is eighteen point four. Brady just reconstructed his re- yeah. just did his deal just a few months ago, and then Deshaun Watson for our boy Troy Miles is uh, is seventeen, oh, and that's all guaranteed too. Clay Thompson, then Lewis Hamilton from Formula One, and Naomi Osaka from uh, Osaka from tennis round out the top twenty. Are we got wrestlers in there. It's not sport. <laughs> and honestly, the only one that would be in there would be probably Brock Lesnar. Conor McGregor's twenty-two, which is kind of wrestling. Lesnar gets like six million dollars just to show up at one event. Props to him. I mean, it's great work. Got, if you can I find mean, it's, it. yeah. That's why he does all the Saudi events, is because they basically pay to have him come out there. Do you want to talk about the Jeff Brom thing? I mean, we can talk about how I want to bring Brom home still and how I'm not letting go. And that, you know, I hope that Satterfield doesn't get like start whining to people anymore about, you know, that, that people are wanting Brom back. The one thing that I can say, because we, we touched on this briefly yesterday, because the story came out while we were on air. Um, Jeff Brom talked to the, the Flage Alumni Association yesterday. And was asked the question that he's going to be asked basically forever until he becomes the Louisville head coach or he's out of coaching, which was, you know, do you still like, why didn't you take the job in 2018? And would you welcome the job now? And he, he said a lot of things. He, he justified why he didn't want to leave after his second year Makes total sense. at Purdue in 2018. And, I, and I, I believe him. I think that that's is a legitimate answer. I think the great story behind the Connor kid didn't help us either. No. That was, I mean, I mean, that was a really good touching story, and obviously, I think it was, it was more about the recruiting, the class that he'd promised. I think, so it, much I think it was all mixed together too. But yeah, he, but the, the the money quote, the quote that everybody's talking about, is how he ended it. He said, "Obviously, now at Purdue, we're on year six. I love this town, this area. I'm an alumnus of Louisville, so anything can happen in the future." I can confirm oh, yes. that Brom did not think these comments were going to be made public. Like, there's <laughs> sort of a when you speak at these types of things, there's sort of in like like what. It said here stays here, like he can be word of mouth, but I don't think that he thought that Rick Bosich was going to write uh, what was out there. Oh, no, he knew. <laughs> There's there are a few men smarter than, Je- than, than Jeff Brom, and he knew. How do you feel if you're Purdue at this point? Like, you gave this, like, he just got a contract extension, like, within the last month. And Jeff Brom is all but coming out here and saying, like, yeah, at some point down the line, I'd probably like to be the Louisville coach. I mean, I guess if, you, if you're going to be logical about it and Purdue fan, then you. I had to think, well, he's an alum. I mean, there's no reason like to not throw him a bone. He's doing an inter- he's an alum doing an interview in that city. So, I mean, it, it, that, again, that's if you're a logical Purdue fan. Not saying Purdue doesn't have lack logic. I'm just saying fans in general normally do. Great. Uh, therefore, if you're unlogical and you're a Purdue fan, which is probably like 95% of them, you're probably a little little bitter because I mean they were kind of ready to run him out of here after like year, year three anyway. Uh-huh. Like they felt he underachieved after the kind of you know obviously overachieving in year one. Um, a similar way to like the way we look at Sat in a way if you think about it. You know in year two they were you know had moments they didn't go over the top but they had the moments. 
with you know Rondell and beating Ohio State and, and so on and so forth. But then I guess it was year three they had the down year, wasn't it? Like that was the the losing well, record. Year three and four. Yeah, but so, the COVID I mean, year they only played six games. So they but they've been you know Purdue despite the fact they don't have the greatest history. I mean they're not horrible, but they've had moments with Joe Tiller that they were you know I think they were ready to kind of run them out. So yeah, I think that. They probably would take it personal. If I was probably a Purdue fan, I might slightly take it personal. But I would. I would absolutely. But I, I think you should be able to at least take it with a grain of salt in context. That you know, he's an alum. He's down there. We already knew there was you know talk about it. Honestly, I'd be more if I'm a Purdue fan more upset of what we you know. I don't know how much they knew there that we knew here that he was just willing you know at the drop of a hat to leave. Yeah. I mean you know if Satterfield doesn't beg for his job then he doesn't you know he's probably our next head coach anyway. I think it's understandable to to see where Jeff's coming from right now because in a place like Purdue like he's recruited about as well as you can recruit there oh as well he's probably done better and I think after getting that big class with Rondell Moore in year two and having that early success upsetting Ohio State doing some good things going to a bowl game in in the first two years I think he kind of wanted to see like let's let's see this thing through and then you know year three Rondell getting hurt early on just kind of it derailed everything. And then you've got COVID. and, and He was hurt both as a sophomore and junior year. He yeah. basically played one season. Yeah, and that, that sucked. And you lose a couple of – I mean, they had like the, the year that they – the second year when they went to the Music City Bowl, they were on like their fourth quarterback. They started a kid who was like the, the backup on the scout team at the beginning of the year. No, I mean, look at – yeah, I mean, he doesn't stop with just Rondell. I mean, David Bell was a good recruit. They've had a bunch of injuries. Who, by the way, if Troy, if you're out there listening, David Bell will be the top wide receiver at Cle- for the Cleveland Browns within three years. Love that prediction. I'm telling you right now. Very right esoteric now. take, but I enjoy it. Uh, and then, I mean, but you and he's now that he's gone though. You've still got Milton Wright, who's a decent recruit. I mean, you produced the kid. He wasn't a big recruit, but the 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 you know the 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 Greek kid that went to Kansas City. I forget his name. You know, the the defensive lineman. He was a local kid that they brought in. So but he, I think now he looks at this and says, like, I kind of feel like I've done sort of all I can at a place like Purdue. Pretty much. And I think you start to worry because when you're the hot name on a recruiting trail, like, like he was early on. It's easy to do that. Not easy to do it. It's easier to do it in your first couple of years than it is to do it like year six, year seven when you're at a place like Purdue. I mean, recruiting kids, high-level kids that have plenty of options to go and spend three or four years in West Lafayette, Indiana is not an easy task. But it's not far from Chicago. I mean, that, that's if that's your best pitch, then like, I mean, if you're Northwestern, you say, but it is Chicago. Yeah, <laughs> or, I mean, you know, it's, it's... Yeah, but it's Northwestern. <laughs> I mean... And so I think, I think Jeff can kind of see the writing on the wall where he can say like I can do all I can like I, I can, you know, do all the X's and O stuff I can I can keep recruiting as well as I can, like we're not going to get to a level where we're Ohio State or Michigan or Wisconsin like it's just it's it's not an achievable feat maybe once in a blue moon you can I'll have say a season not like that consistently yeah you can you can catch lightning in a bottle possibly. but you're never going to be like one of the top three programs in the Big Ten on an annual basis no that you're not no and so with that being the case I think you start to worry about job security and long term and, and you know where you jump off from and like I think Louisville I think there was a reason why he would have jumped at the chance I mean we, we can say it on the, on the show if he'd been offered the job if they had gotten rid of Satterfield last December it seems like the, you know, the timing was not right in 2018. It seemed like the timing was right this time. And now Louisville finds itself in this position where you've got Scott Satterfield, who we can get excited about this season all we want. Like The fact of the matter is he's been here for three years. We have a losing overall record. Like that's yeah. Say what you will about our standards historically. The last 25 years or so, that's not the standard here. 
losing record after three years is not the standard. I don't care what you walked into. We should have been. We should see more progress. The last two years, you, you, we have excuses. We've we've heard them all. I get it. I, they play a part. At the end of the day, it hasn't been good enough. And so going into year four, you've got to show signs of significant progress. You have a top sixteen offense from last year. Where almost all of the pieces, including the most important at quarterback, is coming back. Now we need, we certainly need some help at wide receiver, but everywhere else, you feel like the offense should be good. Defense can't get much worse. It's got to take a step forward in year four, but we've been hearing that. You know, it's funny all the time. You were out Monday, and we had Ty uh, Spalding on the show. Okay, and some he, one thing interesting thing he, he he said on the question I asked him. Well, other than he is very happy with our long guy, is that uh, I asked him, you know, if with Brown being kept on the staff, with there being heat with Satterfield, and more often than not, the traditional pattern is a coordinator goes before the head coach goes. Jeff knows kind of, all about it. It's kind of yeah. I mean, that's a that's a list longer than anything you'll ever find anywhere. So I asked him, you know, if did he was keeping Brown kind of a precursor, knowing that if this season's down, he can be the falling on the sword at the end of this year, going into the class with the recruiting class. That Satterfield buying himself another year, so to speak. And he didn't think that. And not only that, that I, I got the feeling like he, he he he's not going to get rid of Brown regardless if, if this season goes not the way it does. No, I don't think that's the case. Now, now he might not have a choice when yeah. it's all said and done. But I think he he made it sound like you know he's very loyal to his guys, which is fine. I have no problem with loyalty to a degree, but. Like he like he doesn't want to get rid of Brown like at all. Well, I think that's kind of not really neither here nor there at this point because the fact of the matter is if the team doesn't get it done this year, those staff it's going to fall on the, the the staff. But I don't know if they are. Like I think if you didn't have this recruiting class waiting in the wings, six and six wouldn't be enough to salvage this because once again you'd still have a losing overall record after four seasons on the job. You got to go and won it. I guess maybe. What if you went six and six and went to a bowl and won it? You wouldn't have a losing record. Not with that. You, I'm saying overall oh, for well, four years. Oh, okay, overall, yeah, yeah. All right. Which I guess that would put him at right at 500. Still, not really something to brag about. No, especially with the ACC not exactly being a juggernaut the last few years. Far from it. Like the excuses are running out. Like he's got to show us something this year. I know it's a it's a tired storyline. It's only going to become more tired in the, in the four months ahead. But with Jeff Brom kind of being out there now. You'd think it would be more of a carrot for the fan base that to chase after, to run after, to be excited about. But I think the, the the fan base has turned to a point where they're more excited about the recruiting class than they are about a potential different head coach. And so you want to win seven, eight games at least this year just for the, the sake of winning seven or eight games and getting back to having playing somewhat winning football and showing signs that you can be the guy that takes us back to where we expect to be as a program. But you also want that to avoid the awkwardness of, of hey, if we get rid of Scott Satterfield, do we lose this entire class, which is the best in the history of the program? And is there anybody out there that can give a similar job? It's all just become a very, very potentially awkward situation for U of L and for Cardinal football because Jeff Brom is the he's the Kenny Payne on the football side, and we're seeing all the good vibes that we have with Kenny Payne with coming a lot in better here. track record. No offense, Kenny. I mean, with a track record. With a, well, yeah, exactly. As a head coach, well, that's why it's better. I mean. <laughs> So that it's all out there. I understand that people are tired of talking about. It. I understand that we just want to see how the season plays out. Oh, I'm not. I'm gonna always be. Well, of course, you are. You, course, you're yeah. the exception. Uh, speaking of, <laughs> this is sort of a, on a related note. I'm just now seeing this. Uh, Vince Tyre has a new job. He is the vice president of corporate strategy for Hutchins Industries. Well, that place is gonna go downhill real quick. You hate Vince Tyre. I'm just saying the guy has. I mean. 
Yeah, I'm not really a big fan of them. I don't know if I'd use the word hate, but definitely not one of my favorite people. Vince, I'm sure you're a great person. If you're listening, Vince, not, this isn't personal. I'm sure you're a great guy. I'm sure you, you know, open the door for the wife, pull the chair out, give her your coat when it's cold, all that good stuff. Chivalry is not dead in the Tyra household. But you suck at your job, dude. I, I think that's a little bit strong. <laughs> well, you don't think he pulls her chair out? I, <laughs> I like Vince. I think that it does kind of blow my mind that more hasn't been made of that that day in December where <laughs> the day in December. one of it, it's still this is one of the weirdest things that's happened in recent U of L. Hold on, this, this is one of the weirdest things that I think has happened in recent U of L athletics that has not gotten the proper amount of attention for being weird. Like we're like, it's the week of the whole Brom. Like is that going to get fired? Is he not going to get fired? Are we going to get Brom? And then out of freaking nowhere, we get. Satterfield staying, but Vince might leave for the Florida State job. And then within like five minutes, it's, oh, no, it's done. Vince is leaving for the Florida State job. And then very quickly it becomes Vince isn't leaving for the Florida State job, but he's not coming back to Louisville as AD. Oh, and people are just kind of like, okay. And what? like, thanks for the service, Vince. Like, it was the middle of an athletic season. He's not taking the Florida State job, but the president's leaving for Penn State. And then that night we find yeah, out Neely Bennett is going to Penn State in the morning. I mean, it was a weird seven-day span. It's weird span. as hell. Yeah. And, like, I still think That's it's... That's a lot for Louisville fans. I mean, we've had some weird seven-day spans. I still think it's weird as hell that it became like this... Like, I, I think there's still a segment of the fan base that was kind of like, uh, what? And then the, another segment that was like, thanks, Vince, for stepping up and doing the right... I'm like, he just, like... like was the Florida State offer even real? Because it sounded like Florida yeah, State thought I mean, he was coming. Was, uh, and how do we go from it's a lock that I'm going to Florida State to, oh, I'm not going to Florida State, but I'm also not coming back to Louisville. It, it still is very, very strange to me. The whole thing is very strange. Super Yeah, weird. I mean, it's it's got 30 for 30 locally written all over it. I'd love a local 30 for 30. Um, <laughs> it's extra says, so you're saying Jeff Brom is the coach in waiting. I <laughs> could, <laughs> but I like that. Well done. Texas says, if Trevor doesn't like Vince, what does he think of Neely? I mean, I could – no, nah, I don't care as much. I really don't. I, I'll tell you, I mean, maybe we should have taken her advice on the firing of Mac when we when she wanted to, though. Yeah. And it, I, mean, it, I, I mean, I know it's hindsight. hindsight now, yeah, I know. Because I mean, we, we, we all were we, – we were very much on the other side of that. I mean, and, and I think we all kind of agreed that he maybe should be punished. Just we didn't like, – you know. I still think it was a bad punishment. I, I mean, oh, I still think the punishment was too – yeah, I think it was too harsh as well as firing was maybe too harsh at that time. But she she was kind of ahead of the curve on that. Texas says unlogic, uh, unlogical added to the Trevor calendar. Did I say unlogical? Apparently. I must have missed that too. So did I. Texas says the toad. <laughs> Texas says, man, imagine if Trey Young would have visited the Louisville dorms. No telling what would have fallen from the ceiling to him. Ha, ha, ha. Uh, he might have come here. No pun intended. <laughs> Texas says, to be fair, Rutherford, it's pretty wild to give KP that credit for development as an assistant. What? How so? Assistant coaches are responsible, are as hands-on as of any head coach. I'm Yeah, and I'm also basing that, that spiel off of what the actual players have said themselves. Yeah. More often than not, your assistant coaches are more hands-on with your players, and, and that's in counts for football as well. Yeah, I mean... Then the head coach. Head coach is more your overseer, I mean... And Kenny Payne, like, like, he has been dealing with those specific players. Like, that, that was kind of his whole thing at Kentucky. Yeah. Was to go in and get those players that have been groomed for a long time, that are very well-known, that have a lot of hangers-on, and kind of 
work with them and, and forge a relationship with them. I mean, look at look at how Anthony Davis talks about him. Look at how Julius Randle talks about him. Look at how Michael Kidd Gilchrist talks about him. Look at how all these former UK players talk about they him. Had like that's Gilchrist, not me. They had Gilchrist wrapped up like as a sixth grader. Yeah, that, that's not me inferring something. That's me basing my opinion off of the actual pl- quotes from the players themselves. Yeah. Um, Texture said, I think Trevor has also said Worcester today. And another texture says, Trevor said rhyme to the reason instead of rhyme or reason yesterday. And honestly, I prefer it. <laughs> Put it on the calendar. I also said madness to my method, I think, or something. When that, that was one I've used before on accident. You do like to mess up sayings, which is, <laughs> it, I enjoy it. You ever watch Boondock Saints? No. Yeah. I've never seen Boondock Saints. I know. I know. I know you've heard about Boondock Saints because it's like the. That was one of the big movie poster movie. Yeah, yeah. exactly. That was like a two thousand Scarface to that generation. Put it on the, the dorm room wall. Great movie though, but one of the best, one of the better characters in the movie. He's always screw, uh, the bartender has Tourette's, and he's always screwing up sayings as well, like which that. is which is pretty funny. Um, Nothing's better than the cat scene though. The cat scene is one of my. I mean, it's my my top twenty scenes of all time. This is the kerosene text. Ooh, I love kerosene text. I've got an off season and content idea for you all. Ooh. Rate each Kentucky football player video game style on a scale of zero to ninety nine. I think oh. this has been done before. Well, we've done we've done it on <laughs> on KRC and on Sports Talker. If you want to get crazy, we can rate the offense slash defense of other SEC teams too to see how the cats compare. I'm if you about, can't tell, I just really want the NCAA football games. Well, Texer, you know you weren't meant for this show, but I'm with you one hundred percent. I cannot wait for that day to come around. They still haven't issued a date yet, though. I mean, my guy kind of said did this as an actual post on Card Chronicle the last two years. This used to be. I, I remember before when we still had the video game, and they would announce the ratings. That, like you would always, they'd always leak them like on KR, uh, KSR or something. We always end up breaking them down. Yeah, like that was. Yeah, I mean, what? <laughs> let's, let's throw let's, let's throw them a bone slightly. Who would be the highest rated player on Louisville's team next year? Malik, right? Probably. Probably be like a, probably eighty nine. I would say maybe ninety. I think. I mean, Caleb Chandler would get some love. I think he's probably viewed as Louisville's best, despite yeah, what the CBS guy would say. I he's probably viewed like as Louisville's 84. best uh, NFL prospect. He seems to be the guy that NFL draft experts, again, besides that guy on CBS, seem to think that has the best chance of being uh, relatively high draft pick next year. I think. I think Caleb would be about ninety overall. I could see him being eighty nine, ninety. Drilly isn't that great as your best overall player, but still, it's not bad. Did you see? I think Bet Online put out their their odds for the the Heisman Trophy. They had fifty players, two Louisville players. Who's the second? Malik obviously was. He was number thirteen overall on the list. Yeah, I'm surprised. He's Guess there. who's number two? Number two on the list? No, he's number two, like the second Louisville. Player. Oh, I was gonna say. Uh, oh, I have no idea who it would be. Tyon Evans, the transfer from Tennessee. Oh, that's right. Which I is a, he's a good person yeah. to put on a list like that because the potential. I keep, I kind of forget about him a little bit because, but I do. I mean, I, I but when you say Tennessee, I forget the name. But the Tennessee, I, I'm always going to remember the Tennessee transfer until the season starts. I'm ex- very excited about him. Um, I know you. I know you are. That's why I, I, I should have guessed that. Texture says, "I like this. This is a good way to go to the break." Trevor, can we pick your dinner tonight from a local independent restaurant? Do they, are they on DoorDash? We can find one that's on DoorDash. Yeah, if it's on DoorDash. Uh, yeah, knock it out. I'll All take right. it. Text line because I have no idea what I feel like eating for dinner tonight anyway. That's your on-break assignment. Figure out what Trevor's eating for dinner tonight. Last night was Cracker Barrel chicken tenderloins, grilled chicken tenderloins. That great local independent Louisville restaurant, Cracker oh, I Barrel. Love Cracker Barrel. Though. All right, pick Trevor's uh, food. We'll, we'll talk about your results coming up after Don't the break. Do you have a top ten list to go over to or something? No. So you had a list that was going to make the me list mad. was the, the, the high-speed athletes list. Oh, that didn't make me mad. I thought it was going. I thought Kirk Cousins being the top thirty was going to make you more mad than it did. No, no, no. That would no. That would cheat. That, 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 no. Anyways, it was, it was more of a tease than it was actual, yeah, my thought. I was okay. I thought it was a movie list. Can I throw it a break now, please? Attempt number three. 
We'll be right back after this to wrap up the Mike Rutherford Show at 1450 and 96.1 The Big X. I've got no idea what to No idea. Well, you, you, you had it right a little bit earlier. These are all racking tour songs. Oh, they are? Yeah. I only recognize one. I'd well, they're all, and they're all off their second album except for Steady As She Goes, which is off their solo, their original album. I recognized the third song that was played, but I didn't know it was racking tour. I mean, that's Jack I knew White the singing one. right there. Okay. Now, yeah, you're right. Now, not all of them. The song before this wasn't Jack White singing at the beginning. Uh, it was uh, one of the guys from the band Greenhorn that, that forms with them. Okay. Our reason I did that was because it'll be on Thursday, the opening day of Bourbon Beyond, headlined by oh, Jack White. There we go. And we're going to be giving away possible tickets to that concert next week. Monday, pick the headliner. We're starting to give away free passes starting on Monday. And for, Get for, ready. And before somebody goes, well, Trevor, Rockateurs was, a, was a, as a collective group. Why didn't you do Jack White solo stuff? Not a huge Jack White individual fan. I do love the Rockin' Tours, though. Okay. That's fair enough. I like some Jack White stuff. I don't get me wrong, but I'm, I'm more, I love the, that second Rockin' Tours album, Consoler of the Lonely, is, I mean, that entire album from start to, uh, I think the kids call it a banger. Banger works. Banger, is that right? It's still relevant. All right, cool. Now, I've got a big question for you. It's a jam. Tomorrow, we're doing the show from the OG studio in Jefferson. No, wait. You, when Dugan told us yesterday... You're going to bring this up. Yeah, I am. <laughs> you jokingly said it was time for Wara, the cat that you famously stole from those studios. Questionably. Slash surrounding area. You stole it to go back home because you have... Wara and you are now feuding, but Nancy, your beautiful mother, loves Wara. She has, a, she's, has an affinity. Are you serious about this or is this just trying to make a joke? No, is I, Wara a, going home it's tomorrow? It's a joke. I'm not... First of all, knock on wood, he hasn't peed on anything in my room for like three days in a row. Nice run, buddy. Yeah, good run. I don't. Uh, and second, yeah, I I couldn't do it. Or I mean, my mom's already got attached, and I'd have to like the best thing I could do. I wouldn't be able to like let her know I did it. I'd just pretend he got he left and never came back. There you go. All right, I'm good. But then then she'd get all upset, and I mean, she's a drama queen, so she'd be upset about anything. But she'd get over it quickly. But still, I would have to listen to it for like weeks and. <laughs> I got. Yeah, I don't want to do that. This is always the time of the show where I check my email for the first time and I see back to back. So back to back emails. I get the the next door app. Sometimes they send you like the top post on your next door. App. I love those. The yeah. topic: Can you help identify an illegal dumper? And of course, like the first thing that I think is like just some dude just taking a crap in somebody's yard. But is it a picture of me on the side of the jeans? No. <laughs> and then right after that, from Esquire, the time George Clooney made me bleed. What? Hey, they Esquire, they lure you in with these headlines, and then you click on it, and it's always some boring story. I, they know what they're doing. Yeah, they. I'm. I kind of. Can you forward me that email? I'll let you know what it was. I'll let you know what it was. I'm not worried about the dumper. The the night the neighborhood one that you you got me signed up to. Yeah, some of the emails I get from them with their head, and and bleep them sometimes it gets me and i, I click know. on it you have to and what makes me more mad have you ever clicked on it and it's for like a neighborhood in like another state all the time 
They're oh, not. That they're not anywhere close. Aggravates to me. me. I'm like, what did you think I want? Like, this is an Indianapolis suburb. Yeah. Like, no, I'll, this has no relevance. I'll get to one me. like three cars broken into. I'm like, okay, then maybe this is something. You know, if this is in a neighborhood near me. I, I might keep an. I actually have a car worth breaking into now. And I, like, you know, click. <laughs> they're gonna steal a flat tire in my trunk. But I'm like, I thought click on it. I'm you like, got that fixed yet? No, I'm still driving on the the, the spare slab. But it's not a donut. It's a regular. It's like a, like a real tires the spares. You're begging for a disaster. I don't, <laughs> every day i roll out of bed and uh so i'm like i click on it it's like three cars broken into in wyoming i'm yeah. like oh you Ugh. so before the break a texter wanted to let the text line pick a local independent restaurant for trevor's dinner time that is on doordash uh one texture says hammerheads which i love hammerheads is that on doordash i don't know great I, ribs i'll tell you what i'll bring up doordash and we'll, we'll give it a test here real quick text says jay gumbo's on frankfurt it's not a that's not a louisville restaurant that's a chain Says, or Trevor strikes me as a Mark's Feed Store kind of guy. Also, I think a chain. Yeah, the Mark's Feed Store. And the Mark's Feed Store is good. I do like some barbecue. Um, I like both the places. They're just not. Yeah, Mark's Feed Store is not. I mean, is it a chain, though? But it's a local chain only, right? They didn't have, I know Jay Gumbo's is in other places. I don't know I've if Jay Mark's Gumbo. Feed Store is outside of Louisville, but I feel like it is. I thought it was locally owned, but there were, there were multiple places. You hmm. said Hammerheads? Hammerheads is good. Been around for a while now. Is Mac a, and cheese balls, delicious. Say, seafood place or no more barbecue? Uh, it is not available on there. Well, there, there that goes. If it's not on DoorDash, Trevor's not eating. Sorry, got, guys, got to have code. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I guess I know Marks is. So we we need more suggestions, people. Come on and and do your homework before we send one in. Exactly. Don't make me go looking it up. Texture says, all right, guys, what is your favorite? Well, this is a broad question. What is your favorite UofL football moment of all time? I'm going with the monsoon FSU game when John L. beat Bowden. Watch it for my student seats that used to be nosebleed at the top of the old bowl. I mean, that's up there for me. Yeah, definitely. Um, I was there, hammered. That was part of helping bringing down the, the goalposts. Got a boy. Um, I didn't do much help, but I tried. I don't know what else would be. I mean, I guess the Orange Bowl. I had to watch that. I watched that on TV in my bedroom I mean, Sugar in Bowl. college. Sugar Bowl's up there. Sugar, yeah, Sugar Bowl. Yeah, the the the, the Floyd interception right at the beginning was pretty awesome. Yeah, if we're talking about specific moments, that would that's, be that's got to be. Yeah, up there. I mean, because there's really not. Well, I mean, obviously, I guess Henry scoring the touchdown or the interception of of Ricks in yeah. the beginning overtime, but which I don't remember who was that Floyd that made that interception. Anthony Floyd, I think it was. Right. I think it was. It was. Yeah. I think so. Um. Or was like, yeah, I think you're right. I'm pretty sure, yeah. Um, yeah, I guess the the Mike Brown blocking the field goal against UK in regulation in the Lightning Bowl. I mean, that one comes to mind. That was one of my favorite games. And then another interception slash first By play Lawrence, touchdown. Yeah. yeah, there seems to be a trend here, right? Uh, <laughs> I always did like Sam Madison. He's the only non-Eagles jersey I ever own. His Dolphins jersey. Sam Madison rules. I love defensive backs coach for the uh, Chiefs right now. Um, I guess yeah. I mean, is there one I'm forgetting? I mean, I'm sure there are. I mean, I think it's Lamar not, Jackson game yeah, versus like, Florida State. That's but, where I was going to go, but that's not really like a moment. I feel like yeah, it was like that whole day to me was so awesome, awesome. Yeah, and you had the, I mean first game day in town. You had, and then you knew I mean because Florida State came in at number I think two in the country and we something, were number five something like that yeah. And you knew like the the way in which we won. And Lamar Jackson becoming like the undisputed like Heisman front runner at that point in time, like we instantly became the story in college football. Mm-hmm. And Louisville had been you know n- 
in the primary discussion in college football in year, I mean, 06 being in the national title hunt, the West Virginia game that week, five versus three, was a big deal. That's another one, too. But we had never been like the talk of the entire sport. And you knew that afternoon after our game was over that everybody was talking about us. Like the way in which we won that game, coming on the heels of what he did against Syracuse and what he did in the opener what, against Charlotte. Was the Syracuse game before Forest State or was it right after? It was before. It was, okay. That was the second game. We played Charlotte, we beat them by 9 million points. And then Syracuse was the Friday night after that. And then that set up. FSU in week three. I think that t- I think I've told you this before, like because I got my dogs like or a few weeks before that, a few like a month before the, when the season started. And there's like cool video. I'm like recording them playing with this toy during the Syracuse Louisville game, and I'm recording them like you know like this, and you can kind of see the TV in the back. And as I'm recording them, that's when the Lamar Jackson play happens. It's so funny. And it's that- caught on video, like barely a little enough to where you can see it though. With my dogs, my favorite videos on my phone. I know we've shared the story before, but it's so funny that that happened because that's the week that we got Penny, our dog. Yeah, like, we got her on Labor Day, um, and like so that night, that Friday night, Mary had gone. She we'd been planning on going to this concert in her hometown, and somebody had to stay with the dog. We couldn't. She Penny was a puppy, and so I stayed, watched the game, and like it was that same. I, I'm texting Mary at this concert. I'm like, dude, I'm like, you've got to see what Lamar's doing I mean, right it's now. The most. Yeah, that's the like, most iconic Lamar moment. Because I was, I mean, I've got the T-shirt with him sure. jumping Same. over the guy. Yeah, because Ramsey, that John got invited to the game. Like we both got invited to go up with the team to Syracuse. I think you told me that. And like yeah. one, of, I was like, well, one of us, we can't just bounce on the show. And like I've got a dog. Did like, Mary go see Spin Doctors or somebody like that? I don't think it was the Spin Doctors. It was, it was, it was a <laughs> cover band. It was a cover band. Of some, it was you, a no. It was a uh, it was a cover band for. Um, it was someone like not weird, but Fleet, like, it was a Fleetwood Mac cover band. I thought it was some like a no or like op- obscure band name or something. No, no, it was okay. a Fleetwood cover band. I love this text. Uh, it says, My favorite UVL moment is when Arudia tipped the ball, Mario Arudia tipped the ball to himself, and I don't even know why. And that was like a seven yard completion. It may, it may be like a four that. yard. It was in the Miami game. Oh, okay. It was a hell of a catch. Like he reaches out, he like tips the ball to himself twice and makes a great catch. I mean, the Miami game, I just think of the slant pattern that he runs for 50 that yards. That's an all time moment. That's still yeah. the loudest Cardinal Stadium has ever been, I think. That's, I mean, there's Texas Fiesta Bowl. Yeah. I mean, that's like, I mean, but is there. there really, that's, that's a game. Is there a particular moment in that game that really sticks out? I don't know. I mean, the dude running into the goalpost <laughs> after the touchdown catch. I mean, on a negative standpoint, two things that come to mind that aren't good positive moments are Brett Favre avoiding Ted Washington and throwing a Hail Mary against us to beat us, or Greg dropping the touchdown against uh, the two point conversion against Ohio State. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, actually, I wouldn't. I think, I think it was Ralph that actually dropped it, but it was a bad throw. He was getting pressured. Um, Texas says my buddy and uh, my wife and kids were right behind that accident yesterday in the water since she said it was like straight out of a movie. I she bet. thought she said she thought she saw a car fly in the air. I'm glad the driver walked away with his life. Any word if he got video of the a hole? I don't. I, I don't know I if there was another car it. involved. Like the way that it, it it was kind of written in the story made it sound like it was just. The semi was the only like real involved car. Like, got cut off, swerved. It, it, yeah, it's because there's got to be traffic. I mean, there's got to be a car within ten feet of that truck in some way that with that 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 trailer goes over. I mean, the video's unreal. It's. A, I mean, most of the video I've seen though is like post explosion though. Yeah, same. I mean, I don't so, think I mean, there's no video out there of the but actual. There, there crash. is a traffic. I saw someone post a still frame of the traffic cam. Like showing the the amount of traffic backed up to, which by the way, could you imagine being stuck in that? I mean, that's had to been. It took like four hours for them to clear. And they finally like just rerouted people off the road, but that was like an hour and a half later. Um, I've been stuck in some bad traffic too. I'm, I guess 
<laughs> one of the worst was when a truck a, tra- a truck exploded on a highway I was driving on, and it was a fireworks truck, and the fireworks just started ex- going off everywhere. So they had to close both lanes because the fireworks started jumping to the other side. That took like a two and a half hour wait and sitting there doing nothing. Um, but yeah, I can't imagine. Just, I mean, a, that that size there had to have been somebody. And I hate to. I don't want to. I'm glad there wasn't, but. It just seems almost unlogical that some other car wasn't wrecked in some way. For the second unlogical today? That is a real word, right? I think it's illogical. What did I say? Put on the calendar. Unlogical? Unlogical. I mean, same thing, right? Same thing. Everybody knows what you're saying. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, just, it's just another calendar entry. <laughs> um, At least I, I didn't say irregardless. Yeah. I, I talked earlier in the show about how I feel like I need a new response, new go-to response when somebody says, hey, how you doing? Like, yeah. how's it going? And I I usually just say, like, not too bad. I feel like I need to be more positive. <laughs> Better than you. And now my uh, people are I'm now going back and seeing some of the text. The text says, my go-to is living the dream. I, there's been a, I, I've heard that before. I, I use that. I have say that. I say that a lot. When running into a stranger again, I say, long time, no see. Yeah. I don't use that one, but yeah. I live in the dream. I, I think I used that at Arby's today. Sexer says, uh, throwing in an occasional, if I was any better, I'd be you. Works well. I like that one. <laughs> That's a good one. That's a good dad one. Yeah. Uh, Texas working retail. A couple people said to me, if I was doing any better, I'd be you. There's another one. <laughs> Texas positive responses are great, but anyone who says living the dream is admitting they're a compulsive liar. Man, these are these are textures who did not know that they were texting the same thing. Uh <laughs> That makes me back because I now think about it. I probably say that one a lot. Uh, yeah. Texture says you can also say Kentucky basketball is all talent and one title. Um, Texture says I feel like they would love Saturdays in West Lafayette. Hashtag BBH. <laughs> Saturdays in West Lafayette. Texture says I'm too young to remember how loud the stadium was for the Arudia play, but there's no way it was louder than James Quick picked up the block kick against UCF and ran it in. That was another good one. And I hate that. Like, that crowd was one of the best crowds in the history of, of Cardinal Stadium, and it's never going to be remembered that way because we lost. Like, that, no. they had the red towels on everybody's seat. It was the only really good team that we played that year. And that, I'll say to the, the day I die, that team, at least up to this point, most talented U of L football team in history, I don't think you can say they were the best because they played one game against a quality opponent and they got beat. Um, but, like, the, the amount of talent on that team, and we saw what they did to Miami in the bowl game. But that environment was. That's what the poor team won their ball game too against like Auburn or something. Maybe right? in the Fiesta Bowl. Yeah. yeah. They, their only loss, I think, was to. They lost early in the season I think they, to South Carolina, wasn't it, I think? Maybe you're right. I was thinking they lost to Auburn in the regular season and then beat Baylor in the Fiesta Bowl. That sounds more right. Because I remember cheering for them in that whoever they played, whatever big team, SEC team they played in the regular season, because I wanted us to have a better strength of schedule. Which, what year was that? Again? Thank God those days are gone. 2013. Um, long. Yeah, it was our last. It was our well, it was our only year in the AAC. Well, you're right. Yeah, 13 Baylor lost 52 42 to UCF. So you're on the. So right. they they beat Baylor in their bowl game. Their loss was to South Carolina. Yeah. Well, okay. So twenty eight twenty five. Yeah. They beat Penn State on the road early in the year, and then yeah, they, they, when James Quick picked up the touch. I mean, we were ahead twenty eight to seven, right? And the place was nuts. You thought the game was over, and we were up thirty five to fourteen, and then we let them score. God, 24 unanswered points. That was an 11 and 2 South Carolina team, by the way. I want to throw out there just to make somebody think, oh, South, they lost South Carolina. They lost the only conference team they played. That was the South Carolina team that won the SEC East. Blake freaking Bortles. Storm Johnson. Finished fourth in the country. Get out of my face. <laughs> yeah, that you see it. I told you that was the game I watched when I got home, too, because I was at Mail Trinity that day, and I was so mad. I was so pissed. 
Texture says, my grandpa always said, can't complain. Well, I could, but no one would listen if you uh, want to go straight for the 75-year-old vibe. I do. It's, I'm, I'm looking for the I, dad response. I've used that one before, too. I, or, Better not deserve. Can't complain. Wouldn't help me. What he, wouldn't help if I did. Is that what he said? No. It, well, I could, but no one would listen. I, I've always said wouldn't help if I did, but yeah. Texture said, I love you, Trevor, but irregardless, just made me throw up in my mouth a little I bit. I hate that one. I, you won't catch me using that one. That one irritates me, too. Uh, what do we have going on tonight? What, what I will we... say regardless, but I yeah, I'm not a big fan of the irregardless. Even then, that's, that's not a word. Me, yeah, no, no. that's not a word. Uh, what, what NBA games do we have tonight? Let's. Uh, we'd have the opposite of they'd be the. Don't tell me Miami and Philadelphia game six. Correct. I believe. Game uh, game six. Miami leads the series three to two, Phoenix, and then Dallas. Suns Mavericks, which Phoenix also leads the series three to two. So first game seven o'clock ESPN. Sixers are a two point favorite. To stay alive in the series and force the game seven, who you got? Uh, take Miami on the points too. Miami's going to win this game going away. I got Miami straight up again. I've been wrong about it. I think every single one of these that we've done since the playoffs started. I haven't, by the way. You've been good, Decent. but we're on the same page here. And then Suns Mavs, Suns on the road, two point favorites to close the series out. Who you got? Suns should have won this series already. This brings me back to last year where they should have beaten Milwaukee and choked that series away too. I'm going to say this. I think I'm going to say Phoenix, but I'm very sketchy about this. I have a, I have a bad feeling Phoenix might let this slip between their fingers and go to seven. I really don't want Chris Paul to win a title. I really don't I want. Yeah, I do. Title. I want Chris Paul. I like I Chris can't Paul. stand him. Hate him. Don't like him. I think they win tonight though. Close up the series. We're on the same page again. I mean, it's very rarely does coaching matter in a series, but Jason Kidd's been coaching circles around Monty Williams. I love not that. that that really takes much to do. Love it. Um, My was not a very good coach. <laughs> enjoy the NBA tonight or enjoy the NHL tonight or enjoy the movies tonight, whatever you're going to do. Have a fantastic Thursday night. We're back tomorrow. We'll be at the OG Studios in I Jeffersonville. I don't know what to eat. 3 o'clock. We've got, no, Trevor, no good food suggestions, which means he's probably going for, what, salsa readers again? I had it Monday. I might, I might, you know what I might go with is, uh, I might go Cheesecake Factory tonight. All right, well. That's not that's not corporate. <laughs> Enjoy your I cheesecake factory. <laughs> We're back tomorrow at three o'clock. Have a fantastic Thursday, everybody. Well, now you heard another side to the story, but you wanna know how it ends. If you must know the truth about the tale, go and ask the milkman.